week is a special one. Um, we're joined by, well, fucking royalty, to be quite honest with you. Uh, founding father of Extreme Metal in Australia, inventor of heavy metal comedy and a seriously funny fucker, um, taking time out on his Friday evening to come and join. <laughs> time out. I'm like... <laughs> On my busy, hectic sex life and social fucking uh, appointments I have to get to. All of it matters. But yeah, the one and only Steve Hughes. Um, Steve, seriously, Hello? thank you for joining our poxy little podcast. <laughs> no worries. Thank you. Yeah. But what more do you want to do on a Friday night than come and talk metal with three idiots? I don't know. Maybe do a massive gig to heaps of people or fuck good-looking women. <laughs> yeah, I suppose if there's a top three, I, you know, yeah. I, I yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> Real women, I mean, you know. Real women. <laughs> Not these new fake ones. Yeah, these, these days you can never be quite sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. They're not sure. <laughs> I'm perfectly fucking sure. As long as you're completely sure, that's all that matters, isn't right. it? Is there a cock between your legs? Yeah. Right. We're not going out. <laughs> One leg too many. It? Well, like... we can go out if you want to go drink beer and watch pants or something. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, let's, um, let's, let's, let's start straight off with, with what you're up to now, because it's easy to go back to your history and everything like that, but you're on here now, so let's 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 talk about what you're doing now because you're you're back in the music again, aren't you? <coughs> yes and no, I guess. <laughs> <coughs> Not yes in the way that uh, I would make a band. No fucking way, you know. <laughs> Bands are fucking hard. <laughs> it's a lot, yeah. It's a lot of relationships. It's like a four-way marriage or something, isn't it? Oh, mate, that's what I used to call it with no sex, <laughs> which is kind of like most marriages anyway. I think, but 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 depends what band just, you're in. But what? Sorry, depends what band you're in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some fucking great bands. Yeah, but you know, putting them together and holding them together. I don't think the universe was going to let me be in bands and stay together. It was the fucking yeah, so, yeah you've got to do something else. Yeah. But yeah, I've made music. I've made a record. I've made an album. I've got the vinyl here. I'll show you. And it took fucking two years of the ridiculous lockdown to finally get the fucker pressed. Nice. What was the um, the decision to just put it out on vinyl then? Well, I will put it on CD, but we'll go on vinyl first. I'm going to put CDs out. All right, fair enough. I said CDs out of date and vinyl isn't now, so. Yes, yeah, and, and like CDs aren't out of date for me. They take vinyl. They still work, so yeah. But uh... I'll stay. I'll, I'm I'm going to get a discman. Wow! If they won't let me have an iPod, they can go and get fucked. Right? And I'll just <laughs> I'll just get a discman. I don't need fifteen thousand songs on me. I just need about four discs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so like. <laughs> I'll be fine, right? Hopefully, no, I, I find one. I think, I think, I think doing it on vinyl though, before even you know, not putting out on digital, that makes uh-huh. a nice change these days, doesn't it? Oh yeah, sorry, Padre's just joined us. He's he's finally with us. So, evening. Hello. Evening. Sorry, we started Hello, with that. Steve. How are you? Good, brother. How are you? So, where Good are that. we all anyway? Where are we all in the country? Oh, I'm in Italy. Oh, are you? Yeah. All right. I'm in East Sussex. 
Okay. Go on, comedy, sorry. And I'm in fucking Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> How do you end up there? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, as soon as you say that, it's the side of England, even English people go, what's out there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anyone that's been out there. <laughs> I've been there once, but I don't need to write. I'll tell you what is there, a fucking excellent second-hand record store. All right, tell us about that, because that, these days, those, those sorts of things are rare. Mate, there's and, if, and in Felixstowe, which is about 20 minutes drive, there's two next to one another. One called Grooveyard, one called Onion. I, mate, what did I score the other day? Let's have a look. Look at this. Look at these fuckers I found the other day. Fucking <laughs> 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 seven inches, right? Look at this. Nice. I'm sensing a theme. Yeah. Fucking all right. These are did, didn't we see the scorpions at Bakken in 2006? Yes, we did. Yeah, I was bored. Oh, the, wasn't it? Did they have the, 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 the giant metal scorpion with the flame coming out of the tail? They had a mechanical scorpion that didn't work. It was about a spinal tap as you could possibly get. <laughs> it didn't walk or anything, did it? It was, it was shit. Right, old, old, well, this is an old scorpion. This is mid-range scorpions. This is bef just before they went Let's go and sell a million records in Asia and write fucking ballads. Let's <laughs> <laughs> change the lyrics to them 30 years later. Yeah, are, you, are, you, are you aware they're changing the lyrics to Wind of Change now? They've changed the lyrics to Wind of Change because it's a bit too pro-Russia, so they've changed the lyrics to be a bit more Ukrainian-friendly. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I honestly don't know where to start. I mean, we, we brought this up the other week, but like, for fuck's sake, it's not pro-Russia. It's about the fucking Berlin Wall coming down. <laughs> not fucking pro-Russian. Like, where does it end? I, I, I'll tell you where it ends. With the mass transformation of consciousness into a dualistic timeline where some people fall into an AI, AI digitalized smart grid shit world of fucking tyranny and fucking poison and others who uh, go beyond their fucking current state of programming and transcend into a fucking, into the age of Aquarius, into a different timeline, away from the demons and the fucking scumbags. But we have to pass through this dark night of the soul <laughs> to eventually decide which path you're going to fucking take. I mean, and like, <laughs> and if, I mean, I remember back when all, all the kids of today, you know, all the kids had to worry about was that Cartesian dualism. You know, now it's just fucking getting, getting too real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now the scorpions have to change but, their but lyrics it's like, it's like, to a it's song like, about something in case it's not looked at as, as being bad. But, that's not about what they think it's about. Steve, do you feel sometimes that yet, like there are people are at a, a, um, kind of a, a, a junction in the road and there's two directions and one is like, go this way for Aldous Huxley, Brave New World, go this way for Orwell, 1984, and you're like, hmm, which, which, which <laughs> is Well, no, I think those two are just intertwined, so you can just get both of those with the same path. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you're right there, like, that's the AI death anti-life path, the science yeah. path. It's all fucking bowed down to the gods of science, like fucking fools. And uh, but don't get me started. But we'll never talk about fucking Celtic Frost. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's I think that's the most culture we've had on this podcast yet in the space of about. Yeah, I saw it. Wait, I, saw okay. an, I saw an interview with Tom Warrior the other day. It was a great interview too. He's a great fucking artist. Excellent. 
He, like, he, uh, he's going, so will you do another Triptychon record? This German guy or something. He's going, well, this is kind of on my wall, but uh, it, it is difficult. And uh, to tell you the truth, I'm, uh, I'm quite ready to leave uh, Earth. He's <laughs> 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 like, a fucking weird man. He really is. I'm like, I'm going to win him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, why not? Well, well you know, what, what else is there to do? What, you know. <laughs> he's, he's got to be held accountable for Cold Lake, though, because... Mate, he hates it so much. He, they mentioned it. He goes, don't bring it up. It's just fucked. Yeah, but he still made it. He, he can't run away from it that easily. He still made it. Oh, he didn't run away from it. But he's like, as he says, it's fucked. It's, there's, there's the, you know, there, there, you want to see a big mistake? There's one. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. You that, had a copy. That was the first, the first I heard of Captain Frost, to be fair. So you, had, yeah. You, what happened to your copy of Cold Lake? I drank a pint of basically nonsense that we concocted, and you gave it to me as a gift. Did I? Oh, yeah. there you go. I well, so the thing is, <laughs> you may have got Cold Lake. I got morbid tales the week it came out, so. To, to be into Celtic Frost from Morbid Tales and then get up to into the pandemonium and then it goes, Cold Lake yeah. was, 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 was the biggest sort of, excuse me, what's happening here? Whiplash, what's, what's, isn't it? It was, especially when you, Tom, you're not from California. Yeah. Like if anybody's gonna go shirtless in tight leather pants with fucking perfect hair, Get some guy from California. <laughs> right? They do it best. <laughs> the odd Scandinavians, they're pretty enough. They can pull it off sometimes, but no one really pulls it off as cool as a bunch of fucking blokes from California. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's fucking true. And you've just gone from fucking, you know, gothic, dark, eccentric, fucking black metal to... Excuse me, your guitarist, your guitarist's fly is under. <laughs> like, <laughs> speaking, speaking of people that, you know, would like to go waste, you know, topless at the beach. So, like, where I live on, on the beach, there's, there's a really old guy. I think he must be in his 70s, right? And he, he wears a very small, bright blue banana hammock. And um, instead of using sun cream, he actually uses San Pellegrino sparkling water. To kind of bronze himself up and it's the fucking weirdest thing you've ever seen you're like that is so fucking italian using like sparkling you know mineral water as as a tanning agent it's like i mean why not i mean I'm, i swear to god at one point i'm going to go down there and he's going to be putting like oregano on his arm and spousing himself in like olive oil or something <laughs> you know and like yeah what's that smell oh fucking me yeah if you live near the beach all your life you're allowed to wear speedos at 70. That's, yeah that's, that's, yeah that's, much, yeah, yeah. That's you know, you know, you can't wander in from the mountains and put them on. But if <laughs> but <laughs> not going to turn out good. But if you live there, you kind of like, yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm a beach guy. Bands like, seven year old cocks hanging out. Bands like Celtic Frost, though, in, you know, mid eighties in Australia, because I can't imagine the scene was particularly strong. How did how did you get hold of? Was, was it all released in Australia? Was it? Did you have to get it on import, or what was? Uh, what, we got it in import. 
Well, I got it because I was completely fucking into metal and wrote around and found everything that was going on. And I fucking was, that's, there's a difference between someone who likes heavy metal and someone who's fucking into heavy metal, trying to make bands and be into it and fucking write yeah. letters and tape trade, trade. And so I just fucking, I wrote to Bathory just on the whim on the back of the album and he wrote back. I heard about this that you 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 were called pen pals with Cawthorn. Did does that did that go back and forth or was it just a one off? No, I wrote, he wrote about three times. And I uh, he sent me chicken bones, sent me photos. He sent you chicken bones. Yeah, from the necklaces he used to wear necklaces. Oh yes, of course, bones. he did, didn't he? Yeah. I lived with the drummer from Mortal Sin, and we were just sitting there smoking pot one night. And thought, let's just write to the addresses on the back of these records and see what happens. And fucking, he wrote back. <laughs> Well, he wrote back because he went, do I have fans in Australia? We went, yeah, fuck me. How? Well, we got an import shop. Two copies of the first Bathory record came in and I bought Bathory. Bathory at that time, though, were like fucking out there because obviously in the 80s, you know, Maiden and Mohead and all of that, Bathory come along, you know, for us. We're all in our 40s, so it was the 90s for us when we were kind of getting into new shit. But when bands like Bathory come along and Celtic Frost, it must have been like, this is fucking, this is out there. This is something totally new, something totally different. It's- to me, it was t- exactly what it was. And it was also, I got into metal like, you know, 82, like fucking heaps of people, number the beast. But at that time in metal, what's happening? Well, so if you're getting into metal, then you're probably getting into early Motley Crue, Dio, Scorpions, Saxon, Motorhead. Then there's underground bands like Tokyo Blade and sort of, yeah. And then American Underground, where, where all you sort of, that's where metal really started in America around that time. Yeah. All those underground bands that were kind of, they got caught up, that were influenced by European metal bands. But thrash, just as Dumb of the Beast gets big and Motley Crue and all that, that scene's coming out. So much was happening at once. So all your rats and your LA guns and your Motley Crues, that, that's making money and coming out and getting mainstream. But, but Number of the Beast and Screaming for Vengeance and uh, Blackout, Scorpions, are all moving into America because yeah. that metal is now getting known in America. But at that same time, Kill Em All drops in, right? So, so, so I liked metal, but I never liked Dokken and Rat. And I liked early Motley Crue. And, but I always wanted something. I liked Man of War and the eccentric stuff. So when Thrash happened, it was almost like, that's what I've been waiting for. I didn't know what I was waiting for because we had we had like Fast as a Shark, Accept, and all that, so it was there. And Motorhead, and Venom, I'm massively into Venom. But so so when Kill 'Em All, Fistful of Metal, First Megadeth, Show No Mercy, that all dropped. But then I found Creator, Sodom, Destruction. See, I just he just found it. I I, I ordered the first Sodom EP because I heard about them from tape trading. Then I went to pick it up, and it, you know, it take three weeks to get there, and then fucking it's there, and then you go and get it. But then that first Creator album was just there that came with it. So I went, what's this? Total Death, Endless Pains. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the heaviest day of your life. We've got fucking Sodom and Creator on the same day, mate. That was that first Creator album, still one of my favourite metal records. And, then, uh, and so then, you know, Merciful Fate and Celtic Frost and Bathory and all that. That's, this was more exciting to me. It was eclectic and properly underground and, and, and felt metal because, you know, when you first saw Thrash, it was like, it was like, like punk, because now you saw guys in bands who kind of look like you, you know. So when you see Metallica on the first album, they've got Phantom badges and fucking just 
jackets. And then you saw fucking, you know, the first creator stuff. They got Man of War patches, fucking Venom badges. It's all, oh, here we go. Here we fucking go. Right? Plus, it was brutal and intense, which is what I really wanted. So when that hit, I kind of dropped normal metal. Just, I, I didn't care about it. It's like when I saw Henry Rollins when he said I, he was into Zeppelin and Journey and Rock and Rolling Stones. And then he heard the Ramones and fucking Burr and just went... <laughs> <laughs> Bye. But because even though the old Scorpions records are that now, they're, they're, they're probably the best stuff they've ever done. But I don't really always go back and listen to it. But I've listened to it and it is great. But I didn't get into it then because it did sound like the sevens. Yeah. Because I've, I've I've been hit with Number of the Beast and 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 Scorpions when they're doing Blackout and stuff like this. So it's so it's so when I'd hear that older stuff, it just sounded like 70s fucking rock music that I don't fucking give a shit about, you know? So I didn't really look into that stuff. I liked some of the old Judas Priest. Maiden, that was different. That was bang. But I, I, I didn't like Maiden after Power Slap, you know? I was like, oh, I fucking doesn't do nothing for me, right? So, so by 87, so then I was just thrash, intense for five years. Made Slaughter Lord, Mortal Sin, fucking just thrash, 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 fucking thrash. But it was also crossover because then punk crossed over. So you got, now you've got hardcore kind of stuff. Yeah. So then, so then you started to be able to go to punk gigs and they would come to thrash gigs and then you'd buy, you'd get DRI records. And then there was sort of this, that, that sort of, so that's why, you know, when there's so, it's so compartmentalized then, when then it was just extreme eccentric music. So you, you just kind of, it all crossed over. You know what I mean? It wasn't, you, know, you could be into Void Vod, DRI, Beermark, Slayer, because it was all just out there extreme. This was the underground. You know, black metal, there was, of course, there's always a metalhead who didn't like any of it and stuff like this, right? They, and especially when black metal came, they hated any cross-pollination, yeah. yeah. which I do understand because sometimes it became ridiculous. Then you got funk metal in the fucking early 90s with Mordred and fucking mind funk and, and it all just, well, you know, I like the experimentation, but just sometimes it doesn't work because you haven't got the, the essence of either style in it, you know? You can play heavy, distorted guitars, but if you haven't got metal feeling, I think that was our uh, our problem with new metal because new metal came out when we were first starting university, and we were just like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Oh. And like, and I and I I had a lot of friends at university who were like really into rap and hip hop, and we're like, "Whatever this is, it's not rap metal. It's like it's the worst elements of metal and the worst elements of rap." <laughs> <laughs> and the thing I the, the the thing that I found was I, I feel I feel is that rap metal new metal was it was you know bands like priests and maiden and those bands they were they were had working class roots whereas new metal was definitely middle class there was just a, it's kind of like almost like a cultural appropriation from it like you know like frat boys I mean you know who just like want to fucking just go try and get people to think that they're fucking like black and you know and you just like what well, i mean it was I, also I, that yeah go on sorry i mean i mean some of it was you know some of it was genuine because the 90s were as much as people so it's the last sort of time where decent eccentric music and its scenes were around i think anyway but because i didn't i didn't hate the 90s like i it, it, there was there were all grunge came and do yeah, but see, they throw so many bands in this grunge basket. Like it's like this thing they can just throw. So why is it? Why is Soundgarden, Nirvana, and Alice in Chains grunge? None of them are the sound the same. Like like Pearl Jam. What is this grunge thing you've just fucking done? Right? Because because uh, I heard 
the first Nirvana record real early because I heard all that scene too. Faith No More, Chili Peppers, Soundgarden, real early because these punk chicks I knew had all that underground stuff when it was underground, you know. So, so I think I, I like the '90s in that eccentric kind of you know you could get Tori Amos and Nine Inch Nails and Alice in Chains. It was all kind of the same orbiting fucking thing. I liked that. That was the weren't they the same people though? Weren't they all on Instagram? On what? Sorry. Weren't, weren't they weren't all of those people you've mentioned on the same label, Interscope? Well, well, or Sub Pop brought out all that stuff, didn't it? Did, did, did all the Sub, early Sub, Pop, Sub Pop was the Seattle bands when it Interscope with stuff like Nine Inch Nails and, and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 right. Sub Pop and Geffen took care of Nirvana and Soundgarden and all those bands, didn't they? So things like we 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 had um, a band called Lowest Creature on from um, Sweden a, a few weeks ago, and they were talking about. One of the things that they really don't like is when people say, oh, they're the Swedish version of blah, blah, blah. And, and we were saying, well, you know, that's just journalists being lazy and not, you know, and, and I think that's, that goes to what you were just saying about grunge. Like, Alison, you're right, Alison Change don't sound anything like Soundgarden and they don't sound anything like Nirvana, but is it because they're from the, from the same scene and the journalists just got lazy and went, oh, anything from Seattle must be grunge? I think it just fell into that kind of thing. It just fell into, I was there, it just kind of, that's what it was, you know. And you had Chili Peppers and Jane's Addiction and that as this kind of, you know, and Screaming Trees and all that was all that kind of alternative rock. Because if you look at Alice in Chains video clips, they're everything that grunge is supposed to be against. Don't tell me there's not a bit of cock rocking going on in Alice in Chains clips, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were they were called a metal band before grunge as a term. Right, yeah. Look at them; they're, they're they're looking at the camera. You watch the old clips off fucking off that first record. That shirtless with vests, with long hair, with fucking. Oh, yeah. You know, you, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's totally you know because they come from that fucking era. You know, they yeah. metal band. Nirvana, Nirvana were a punk band. Bleach is a punk. Yeah. Band. You, you know, they, Bleach they, is a pretty good fucking record. Yeah, they. Could, they couldn't pigeonhole, pigeonhole any of these bands into what had come just beforehand. So it's like, yeah. well, I called them something new. It's a bit like Britpop in a way. They, you know, a lot, how many of those bands, they don't sound anything like each other. They're all just retro, but there you go. It's it's a label. Well, I guess it's a way to just catalogue, categorise bands in a sort of period of history, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, we, yeah of... we look back at a time and we can pinpoint that, can't we? Well, grunge was 91 to 96 and new metal was 96 to 2002 and... You know, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's new metal. That was a shocker. Fucking wasn't it? <laughs> what was it all about? I can't stand that. Fucking, yeah, because I mean, there's the odd song a couple of those bands did. I didn't mind. I didn't mind it. What was the band? I can't remember what they were called. Spine Shank. Oh my God. They, they, had, they had one track I liked. They had a track I liked. And it's, uh, it's the fact you can't remember the names of the band says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, well, you know. It's just forget those, those, those bands were like corporatized things, yeah. were they? They, they sort of they were like happy meals with distortion, you know. I think a lot of these bands they sounded they sounded really good at the end of a dodgy action zombie film. In a <laughs> sort of, I found yeah. it was just, I yeah, it was just plus, you know, I was too old, it was young person, music, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Know, you know, you know, I was like, you know, I would have felt ridiculous, like I was, I can, yeah, yeah, I'm into what was that one? I fucking hated them. Yeah. Oh, that Des guy. Oh, Cold Chamber. <laughs> he was a fan. Anthony was a fan. See, I, I, no, I, I was, I was all right with them, but my mates really liked them, and it was an opportunity to go to a, my first proper indoor gig. So I was like, yeah, 
I'll be like, and I had an ingrown toenail, so I, you know, got absolutely. Also, also, see, here's the here's the difference. When you get into something in a period of time and you're young, you don't know. No, you don't have quality control. you, You know. When I got into Maiden and Sabbath and all that, old Sabbath guys would have been like, it's me, you don't know what... And they're right. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to hear the second Black Sabbath album when it came out. You yeah. know, like, like, like... And so, so, so as you know, when I got into Scorpions, it would have been older Scorpions fans going, mate, that's not the fucking good stuff. Yeah, it's by that time, if you're an old Scorpions fan, these would have been the commercial. But I didn't know that. I just saw blokes with fucking guitars and fucking... <laughs> I went, ah, this is fucking cool. Fucking black we, we, talk, we talked about it before, like metal fans hold the debut album up here and then it just does that, doesn't it? Over the course of their career. No, not always, but sometimes, you know, you, you know, the third album's the one you want to hear. Third album, yeah, yeah. That's the one you want it. Rain in Blood. Master of Puppets. Uh, right. Although Metallica had it from word go, really. Yeah, to be fair, they did. They just, it just didn't stop till... Mind well, you, what's funny, are we supposed to hate the black album? No. No, no. I think you can have you can have issues with it, but I think I think I think they bought themselves enough credit with these. I like that record. Oh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I nothing else matters. Recently, it started great to me because for some reason I hear it everywhere I go. Um, but you know, like hey, Salmon is a fucking good song. Um, Struggle Within is a great tune. Uh, Wherever I May Roam is a great tune. Unforgiven's got a great solo. In. You know, Through the Nevers great. fucking great tune. Like I really like the Wawa pedal solo at the end of My Friend of Misery. I mean, I think, I mean, unfortunately, he then ran with that way too much on the other <laughs> yeah. album. He's like, okay, here we get it. You like the Wawa. Well, I, I played that record the other day, except my CD is a bit scratched and I, it, it didn't fucking get all the way through. But I do realise that I would, I would put that, even though I master of puppets and ride the lightning, they're like this double fucking massive metal statement grandness to, to listen to those albums is a commitment you know yeah i can put i can put the black album on and just you know, i can have it on it's, it's kind of good i can fucking go like this put master puppets on you better commit <laughs> right this is this is a this is a fucking big fucking this is fucking hardcore you know like, like when, I, when i bought master of puppets i turned it over and i was like there's only eight fucking songs on it that's, that's not enough. <laughs> that's not a fucking album. Yeah, but that was that was normal. Come on, there eight songs. Yeah, but I was, I was if it fit onto side A, the TDK ninety recordable cassette, you were always onto a winner, <laughs> mate. When I buy a record these days and it's got eight to ten songs maximum on it, I'm like, thank fucking god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Why do I want when when Tori A, who I didn't listen to much after the sort of in the two thousands. But then I went back and I liked some songs. But then I'm like, why is there 18 songs on here? Yeah, that, that's there. There's no need for that. There is no I need. can't fucking... By the time I'm up to track 17, I don't even know where I began. I, I'm like, what, what, what's... <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I doing? I'm like, I'm lost in the woods. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> I, I think she, she relocated to Britain, didn't she? She, she moved to Cornwall. So I blame yeah. Cornwall. Move to Cornwall. Fuck off. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Cornwall. Fuck off, you Anglo-Saxon cunt. <laughs> 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 I'll go I'll into Cornwall. She's me, got a um, British husband. Me, a British and the, me and the Holy Man are both Cornish, by the way, hence the, yeah. uh, <laughs> hence the reaction. Steve, have yeah. you ever been down to Cornwall? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've been everywhere in England doing comedy, so I've been everywhere. 
Where, where do you go? To, where, where do you do comedy then when you, if you go to Cornwall? Because it's not exactly like the uh, comedy capital of the world. <laughs> do you know what? I'm, uh, I'm going, I'm starting to go to these places because I, uh, I don't want to gig in clubs. And, yeah. And then I just got here and now, now my manager's dumped me. My agent's dumped me in the UK because you know, she doesn't want to deal with the work. Hey, Paul. <laughs> oh, fuck off. She didn't say that. She just stopped ringing me. So I gave her an exit and just went, okay, you know, there you go. That's not getting me politicized. I'm having fun. I'll get to it. But, <laughs> but I'm just going underground. I just did a tour of Ireland, mate. I did two gigs in people's houses. <laughs> I did a gig in a metal fucking club. I did a gig in a castle. I did a gig in a fucking just hotel fucking rooms. I did a gig in two people's back rooms. Are people there, from the local any, town came. When you do a comedy tour, and when you when you would do it, if you ever did like gigs when you were you know in bands, it, are there any differences, or is it just like the kind of song remains the same, kind of thing, exactly the same? Or well, I haven't done it in bands for so long. It's a uh, well, I like I liked a fucking drum kit around Australia for fucking seventeen years, so that was a joy of not fucking. <laughs> what, what do you, yeah, yeah. What do you turn up to the comedy gig with? Cigarettes, <laughs> <laughs> some weed in your sock. All right, <laughs> no worries. Mate. But comedy's boring by yourself too, and around stated hotels. So yeah. bands, plus, but, but bands are fucking crazy. You got to deal with fucking other people. You know that was a. That's how I got overseas from Australia. I realised I was in a. I was in Nazul, an extreme black metal band filled with fucking lunatics. And what, I'm 33. What am I going to do? See if Nazul works out. It's not going to fucking work. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I mean, fucking, fucking. Do you do you look back on do you look back on Slaughter Lord and, and Nazul and just think, fuck, if we were Swedish or Norwegian, people would be hailing us as the saviors of extreme metal. I mean, mate, Slaughter Lord was around. Slaughter, I always knew it. That's why Slaughter Lord got known overseas because I tape traded and wrote letters and was in the yeah. fanzine world because I sat there in Australia going, well, if we were in Germany, we would fucking this would be doing something. Yeah. That's what happened to me when I came to comedy. Come to England. Is yeah. it working? Yeah. Why? Well, there's stuff to do. Yeah. There's nothing to do in Australia. So what do you do? You, well, here I am on the other side of the fucking planet. I've got a band that's fucking good at creator and fucking shit. And I'm like, so if we were in Germany, they would have gone, do you want to go on tour with creator? And fucking, yeah. Where, where, where can we go? Are we going to go to Holland and France and this and that and there yeah. and here? And it? Where are you going to go in Australia? We're going to drive 12 hours to Melbourne, play one gig to some fucking metalheads in a pub and then drive back. Yeah. What are you going to do now? Well, Nothing. You know, so it's funny when I, I remember when I, I remember when I lived with the guys from Primordial in Dublin. They're going, yeah, there's no scene here either, you know. I'm like, yeah, I know. But you're next to England. <laughs> but you can get on the ferry, you fucking miserable cunt. Don't tell me you're fucking... I was, I was in Australia. <laughs> in the 80s. No one's coming out here. No, no one's fucking... There must have been a bit of a scene in, in Ireland in the late 90s. There had to be, surely. Oh, yeah, there's a scene, but we're talking about, you know, in the sense of what you can do. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's use specific words. Australia has a metal scene, but Europe has a metal industry. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Right, so, so when you come here, you can go, right, well, someone will go, do you want to come and do these fucking gigs? Yeah. Happened when I came here. I'm, am I good at comedy? Yeah. So someone said, do you want to come here? Yeah. I think I think I mean correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe the problem was firstly Australia is fucking miles away from anything. 
But even in that kind of hemisphere, if if you if you did get like some traction, where would you go? Maybe Japan because there's a scene there to tour, right? But where else can you go in Asia? At, around the time you were doing this, f there's there's fucking nothing. You you couldn't go to like Indonesia or Singapore or the Philipp maybe the Philippines. But then you're just going to end up fucking playing in a bar for a drunk American sailor. And also, you know, in hindsight, and even fucking at the time, but especially in hindsight, we were just fucking poor, dysfunctional fucking kids. What are we going to... I was pretty organised. I got my band known overseas and all that. I, I, I wasn't a complete fucking idiot, but I was like, but really, we were dysfunctional. We were all poor. We were on the doll. We all lived in share houses and fucking... I lived in a caravan with the drummer from Mortal Sin. Two of us in a fucking caravan. Like, that's why I wrote all the fucking letters to all these guys sent tapes out and did all this stuff but it's it's like well we, 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 when people in europe go we, it was really underground back then yeah i know what they mean but they don't know what it's like to be in an underground where it's fucking underground like in australia what, well we started the fucking thrash scene in australia we we were we were speaking like when we spoke to lois creature the other other week they were telling us right because like, one of the things that we really wanted to talk to them about was this idea of in Sweden, the Swedish government are very supportive of the arts and they give grants to people. And they told us that their local council gave a group of bands in their hometown a grant in order to rent a housing complex where they could just live, play, rehearse and hang out. <laughs> and you're just like, dear God, if some, of the other, if, if, some of the, if some of the other countries in Europe, particularly, especially the UK, could just get off their ass and actually support the arts in that way, what else could we come up with? Do you know what? And, it, and it's just a fucking travesty that the UK has, who have produced so many bands, can't recognise the fact that maybe just putting a small amount of money behind people and saying, "Look, go and do something," <laughs> you know, mate. The guys in Niflheim told me, so this is Swedish government thinking, even though that country's a mess. See, they thought like this. Well, they all live in small villages, right? So. They want to make metal band. So they're all going to go to the city. But they think like this. Well, if we pay you, stay there. Why? So you don't overcrowd the city. Fair enough. So you don't take jobs from the people who live in the city. Yeah. Right. Because right. you're all going to gravitate to the city, aren't you? Because what are you going to do out here? Nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So why don't we give you a grant? You stay out there and fucking go to band practice. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Everybody wins. Yeah, because that's usually where bands get formed in small towns and villages. You know, because usually, unless, unless if you're in a city like London, as much as there's tons of different people there, it can still be hard to find them. Yeah. But when you're in a small village, if you're lucky enough that the, that the timing's right, because I was in the Blue Mountains, but I managed to put Sloan Law together. How did I? And, and we knew two other guys who were shredders. How we knew all this guy, we just sort of took it for granted then. But if I think about it, we were quite lucky. Yeah, I knew I knew these guitarists. I knew blokes that showed me he had records and showed me all this stuff. And I met Mick Burke at school, who's fucking had guitar. And then we met the bass player in this tiny town. Like here they are. So they're kind of easy to find in one sense because they're just the only guys around. <laughs> you know, and if, if you're lucky enough that it fits. In principle, it's quite similar to Scandinavia, isn't it? Because you know you're out in the middle of fucking nowhere, and you find these people that want that, that share the same passion and yeah. That's what Scandinavia is. That's what Scandinavia, yeah. You're in these villages and you, well, there was only three metalheads here. So, uh, 
we got together and uh, he wanted to play guitar, but we said, no, you have to play bass. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like about those old scenes. That's how it was. Who's going to sing? Well, you're going to have to. But I can't sing. Yeah, I know, but you're going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what Bones last week said? He's from like a small island just off of Portsmouth. And I think yeah. was, they were having an argument and he ended up having to play bass because the other guy played guitar. And now he's uh, now we're in a band called Tailgunner. They were quite good. Um, that's exactly which is you know that's exactly how it happened that's what that punk thing is i mean that's what punk is isn't it when it looked at the sort of bands from the 70s and that that you know you, you're not jimmy page how are you going to become jimmy page how are you going to become robert plant you know you live in a council estate in fucking sheffield right how are you going to become this guy so that's when that punk attitude of well just do it anyway yeah yeah right and so and so just fucking get up that's what i liked about that time late 70s early 80s that kind of idea was just around everywhere because that's when like 82 i think it's 82 maybe 83 that's when uh evil dead came out right yeah the film now that played a big part in the fucking underground b films which were part of the thrash metal birth right first death album's got the track evil dead on it right I know it. That was a film that just, and the fact that the guy, when he made that film, he made it like a fucking underground metal room. He inspired all these filmmakers to go, how, how, how did he do this? Got his mates yeah. <laughs> went into the woods and got cigarette smoke and went, <laughs> and blew it across the fucking lights and fucking got rubber hands and put them in the thing and fucking did it, mate. Just fucking did it. Well, that's, so, that's it. You know, Sabbath were inspired by Hammer Horror and all the gore and trash bands, you know. Yeah. We inspired all the nasty stuff from the 70s and early 80s. So it's when all that underground sort of, you know, Evil Dead spawned it. And then you got a whole bunch of that's when those B grade video nasty films began. People who weren't as skilled as uh, Sam Raimi, but thought, fuck it, <laughs> I'll make a film too. And then you had all those Driller Killer and fucking Maniac. And, but but, are uh, you, but are I, you, Steve, are you up to date on um, some of the the newer, like, kind of new wave of traditional metal bands coming out of, like, Scandinavia and the UK. I know that... I've listened to some of them. I know there's that Canadian one. Um, quite Skull good. I like Skullfist, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like some of that. I like... I like he's, he's got that... He's got that fucking catchy vocal fucking... Cool I mean, it, metal... If, I like Enforcer. You... Enforcer's got some good oh, stuff. Yes. Yeah, we, we like Enforcer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've mentioned the meat earlier, but like we, we, like the band we had on Lowest Creature, those guys are fucking worth checking out. Some of their riffs are absolutely fantastic. Like, really, like there's a hardcore influence on there, and there's a thrash influence. Some of their riffs are like really mid-range, crunchy, fucking tight riffing, like, like very similar to Power Trip. Even you know though what? Comparison. Do you know what I find interesting about Scandinavians? I mean, I've, I've, I've toured there a lot. I've hung around them. And, you know, they're an introverted bunch. And they're up in that weather so they can, you know, fucking play guitar. Right? So they get good. <laughs> they're kind of, they're brought up quite healthy. And so, they're, so they're, their minds are quite focused. You know, they're focused. Sometimes <clears throat> you get better art or more eccentric and exciting art and, and, and music and so forth if it comes from poverty, not helped. I'm quite, I'm quite remarkable in the Scandinavians that they can have this kind of socialist system they've got set up where we'll, we'll give you a grant and all that, and they get the grant, but they somehow they still pull it off so it's fucking good. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not like a spoiled kid. Yeah. 
Do, do you know what I mean? Because you, if, you, if you just get things given to you, you can end up just being a spoiled kid or creating stuff that's not really as good as someone who'd fucking... I mean, I, I, I watched two documentaries yesterday on the old... Because before I had really heard metal, I used to hang out this English guy in Australia, and he showed me all really early Ultravox and Human League and Susie and the Banshees and Talk Talk and The Jam. And, and then I watched two documentaries on that, yes, that stuff yesterday. And I realized in all culture club, all that, when you came new romantic, but all that came from such an underground place, right? It's more metal than some of these metal today to be. It's more underground, right? Like I only found out that the first, the human league, if you, if you know who human league are, they had a few hits in the yeah, 80s, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but I didn't know this till I watched this doco. They were like one of the first electronic bands in England, like, like in the mid seventies. Yeah, and I already had an album or two before that that didn't really work, and sort of, and you had these, and and they all influenced by craft work, and and these guys started make they had no money, they're all in council flats, they started making their own synthesizers. <laughs> yeah. like, they, like, they, they named um, themselves after an RPG game, and and had songs based on Ballard. Yeah, JG Ballard, all that stuff, and then fucking. What was one guy? I loved it. it might have been the guy from Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark or something. He goes, uh, he goes, we couldn't afford these synthesizers enough. He goes, but my mum had like a KTEL catalogue. It, <laughs> <laughs> it had some kind of keyboardy synthesizer thing in there for like 50 quid or something, right? He goes, so we bought it and made the first fucking album with it. <laughs> yeah. these, these guys will tell you. I mean, I'm 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 very much into a lot of that early 80s, late 70s sort of post-punk synthesizer stuff. And it's so, even now, it just sounds so alien and dystopian. You know, that that first Human League album, early Gary Newman, it's just just like nothing, nothing since. I know what you mean. Like, uh, I've been, uh, where have I put it? I found this the other day, 12-inch Vienna Ultravox. Different cover. Usually had that black and white cover with the band. I don't know what that one is. So, oh, is that the, is that the alternative album cover? Yeah, it's a different cover for the twelve inch. Okay. And I realised that's actual shot in the, in the Vienna clip. I watched the clip the other day, and it just goes zooms in. I went, ah, oh, that's it. So, oh, and also, I love I love this artwork. I found Fade to Grey seven inch this morning down in Ipswich. <laughs> I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to farm this this shop online. I think. Oh, sounds great. Mate. It's a fucking killer shop, man. Well, look at this stuff. Give them, um, give them a shout out while you're on here, because we'll, um, we'll, we'll sort of spread the word. Because you know, shops yeah, like that are such a rarity these days. Look at that. I'll, I'll let yeah. you two talk about the eighties for a couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm a huge Depeche Mode fan, so yeah, you know, like, for me. I like some Depeche Mode, but see, oh. I heard all those bands. I, I heard all those bands when I was a kid because they heard that first song out, Depeche Mode. And it was quite, it's quite, it's, it, it is quite interesting how. Vicious, the fucking press were to all those bands, isn't it? Mm, like, yeah, really fucking vicious. Yeah, Depeche Mode went on to. They hated Depeche Mode so fucking much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, see, I, really never... into, I really got into Talk Talk. Do you know that band Talk Talk? Yeah. Who was sort of started kind of new romantic, but ended up just minimalist, fucking evocative soundscapes. That making the kind of records when they turn up at the record company, the record company goes. What the fuck? It's like the associates, isn't it? They just just it's like what? Unique the associates. 
just uh, unique. Yeah. Anything at all. I love those. That's why I love PJ Harvey. And even though I don't love all the music, I can just end up liking the artist because I'm like, because how do you how do you get away with this? Mm. Like you've got you've got some her fucking records. Some of her records shouldn't be popular. They're noisy, vicious, clangy, fucking screaming. <laughs> what? What? Just out of curiosity, because it's quite topical. What are your thoughts on Kate Bush? Oh, mate. Totally into Kate Bush. Yeah, she's number one now. I know. Um, right. They changed the rules slightly, but it makes sense because, because, because the, you know, because she's. See, I'm old. I've, I've heard of Kate Bush since the late seventies. She just used to be on the telly, and I just used to see her going fucking. Out of the wily, windy moors, we. Yeah. And then I'd see her going babushka, babushka, and we'd just see her as kids on the telly. If you yeah, like Kate Bush, if you like Kate, go and check out a band called China Drum. They're a British punk band. Oh. They had a punk club, Wuthering Heights, and it's the yeah, best yeah. fucking cover. <laughs> fucking awesome cover. I, I, I think well, they got nowhere, did they? But no. Yeah, all the K Bush covers I've actually heard have been pretty decent. I mean, I found that in, in the Felix study over there. Cloudbusters. The Cloudbusters, yeah. So you got you know, you got placebo did running up that hill, which was great. Yeah. There. Um, I think oh the future heads. I know they're indie, but they did they did the House of Love. That was decent. That's a, I saw that. That's a, that was a good one. I like. And and also Utah Saints in the early nineties sampled sampled cloud busting. Yeah right. That was that was you know decent dance music and uh, it's yeah I mean you know you talk about Tori Amos earlier and Kate Bush they they've got that appeal that sort of rebellious oh you know they don't fit into a box and it's 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 so ideal alternative listening for metalheads. Oh, of course. They're the kind of artists that, they, that these mainstream people don't understand. More metalheads would be into Kate Bush than fucking normal people. You know? Yeah. Eurythmics. Fucking love Annie Lennox. Fucking set of pipes on it. Yeah. And then I was, she was in that doco the other day, you know, all underground. They made that first hit, what is it, Sweet Dreams or something, in the fucking basement. On a four track with her singing, holding the microphone with him going, <laughs> <laughs> fucking underground, man. Excellent. Are you aware of um, of the, uh, the the sort of resurgence in electronic music or synth wave as they're calling it now? Have you come across any of it? I have no idea. Is it, <laughs> is, is it underground synth wave or dark wave or something? Yeah, I mean, I listen to Anthony will tell you more, but it's yeah, dark dark wave is sort of. I suppose was a correct parent of it, but um, it's been kicking about for about a decade now. Since have you ever seen the film Drive with Ryan Gosling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was, yeah, there was um, Kavinsky did the main song of that, and a lot of it's all spawned off that. And you have all these artists in the last ten years trying to sound like the eighties, but not. They don't sound like eighties pop artists. They're all yeah, but it's, it, it's all Carpenter. Isn't it also influenced by a lot of like John Carpenter films? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's you know it, it's more of a sort of tribute to the sort of um, you know the film score. So John Carpenter, Brad Fidel, Vangelis, all of that kind of stuff, and they've they've taken it and made made it more accessible and made it more you know sort of song based at times. I'd like, I'd like to hear that. What, what are these bands? Oh yeah, well, yeah. It, it, Synthwave is is the main label. Oh, okay. and what you've got, you've got it, it's it's great because you've got this range where you've got an artist like someone called Perturbator, right. so Perturbator. It's it's yeah, I'll, I'll never say it right. And he's this this French dude who who's really into his black metal, 
super into his black metal and um you know yeah it, it started off sounding like sort of like terminator style you know soundtracks very very good and he's gone like the last album was very post-punk goth you know it sounded like sisters of mercy doing more electronic stuff and it was absolutely amazing yeah yeah see i'd, I'd love to hear stuff like this I yeah like, and then you've got that, a, an artist called carpenter i like eccentric music yeah. it's usually like yeah. some like it's like on that morbid angel album we're all supposed to hate the individum whatever the fuck it's called yeah. the one that, and it's got fucking those kind of Marilyn Manson songs and that on it. They're, they're oh, the songs I they're the songs I like off that <laughs> you, you you've got to be it's a bit it's a bit tricky because you've got artists like um Mitch Murder who you know they're live by some people but they they're basically going down the sort of children's children's uh, TV show soundtrack route. Very oh, okay. it's 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 yeah it goes from one one extreme to the other. So a lot of it's not quite not quite the same taste, but yeah, Carpenter Brook, it's metal imagery. Uh, well, that's interesting that you say that it's sort of soundtrack based because then watching that doco the other day, I didn't know that a lot of that early electronic stuff here, they all based that around the Clockwork Orange soundtrack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The guy who, or, or apparently it was a guy girl or something, who knows, yeah, yeah. The, we'll, we'll, that, that made we'll. this fucking music and sort of that, this dystopian, dark, classical weirdness that they all got entranced in which you, well, you can understand because soundtrack music is quite epic and, you know yeah. it's, it's, it's atmospheric obviously because that's the point of it so uh, there, there's a lot of atmosphere in, in a lot of synthwave a lot of it is French I don't know if it's just but, sort of back down to the sort of that through the daft punk the Jean-Michel Jarre sort of history and all that but it's um, there's a bit well, the French didn't come up with anything for fucking years and then they all sort of <laughs> turned up killer black metal <laughs> I really like a lot of French black metal. You know, I like, I like, I like, hustle, I like the longer. The what, sorry? It was a hustle. They were keeping quiet deliberately. They were just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love that Blood or Snored band. That guy, he just makes absolute sewerage, filthy fucking black metal to sort of epic y and then just weird soundscape y. <sighs> You're gonna to have to commit to listen to this fucking droning fucking record. You know that. <laughs> that's that's Carpenter Brook. So that is one of the, that's probably my favourite artist off the synth wave, and that's their that's their um, concept album about a guy called Brett Halford who becomes a, a serial killer in a metal band, and it's just. What's this called? I'm gonna look this up. Carpenter Brook. Yeah, cool. I'm gonna look that up. It's um, in fact they made um, for that that album they made a bunch of music videos, and it's a 40, it's a forty minute album. It's brilliant, but yeah, eight songs. Yeah. Um, they they made a little music video for each each song where they just taken clips off very obscure gore and serial killer slasher movies um, to make their sort of concept album out of it. And it's yeah, you just sit down and watch it and enjoy it. And it's just it's yeah, it's. If you like metal and you like electronic stuff, there, there's a lot of good stuff in Synthwave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highly recommended. Um, yeah. Dance with the that, Dead. I, yeah, Dance with the Dead. Dance with the Dead. Uh, Di um, Diabolic, their uh, album is really good. Um, that's very influenced by, like, you know, you get, like, a John Carpenter, like, you know, Michael Myers vibe from it. Um, what else was What was it? Yeah, Batubata is, is good as well. Um, what was that? What? And what was that? Which group did that um, Tokyo song? Uh, Tokyo Dream. Was it? Was that? Was that? Um, uh, Carpenter Brew. 
because it's just it, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of like a kind of a Tokyo influence on oh it Neo well. Tokyo yeah that's it Neo yeah. Tokyo no that was Perturbator yeah that's the I guy might have yeah. heard of that band Perturbator yeah well, that, reason they're getting featured in a lot of the metal press because yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're playing metal festivals yeah. as well and, and all sorts yeah of yeah they are yeah. they are it's um yeah I mean there's a lot of guff. There is absolutely a lot of guff. Oh, of course there is. You know. It's just absolutely, you know, you can put it on in the background, it's fine, but it's, it doesn't grab you. But yeah, I mean, it's... it's. Well, know, it's like I, I used to troll, I used to troll through that, you know, that dark cold meat industry label? Uh, it's from the 90s. So it did a lot of, it did bands like Akana, which I'm really into, which is kind of medieval, kind of uh, epic-y stuff, but it did stuff like Death in June and In Slaughter Natives and uh, Auto... <laughs> Um, what were they called? Fucking. So I don't like all of it. So it's you know it's difficult. They, they did MZ four one two, which is like really brutal. Oh, screen. Christ! Yeah, my no, my colleague, he's really into his metal with his synth and stuff, and he actually he's really into MZ four one two, and he did a he did a, a design illustration of a church burning, which I think is from the Lords of Chaos. Um, well, that's on that album, Burning the Temple of God. That's the yeah, album. that's it. And he's uh, yeah, he's been in contact with them. And he, he I, I listen to them. Not my thing. Not, not my, my thing at all. Thing no, no, it's a bit. It's 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 yeah. But, but that um, label, they don't oh. exist anymore. But they, they brought out a guest, uh, which was uh, one of the chicks who was married to one of the guys in Emperor, I think. Oh, okay. It's really atmospheric, dark, fucking weird. One of the one of those girls just got killed recently by a fucking oh. accidental fucking shooting or something. Uh, but it's it's all you know it's it's yeah this is not foot tapping fucking music. No, is, uh, <laughs> not I found a band. I found, sorry, I found a band this week. Right, speaking of like medieval, but the, the the actual band is called Medieval Steel, and they've got like tracks about the First Crusade, which is just fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, definitely check them out. I mean, they're, they're weird. I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm not. I don't think I'm at the point where I can actually form an opinion about them, but they, they, I, I just any any anything that's got a historical reference with for me is, is great. Like we were talking about Sabaton a few weeks ago. They've got an entire album about sinking the Bismarck. I mean, it's it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> you know, I mean, like lots of metalheads learned their history through Iron Maiden, didn't they? So. Yeah, yeah. That's it. yeah. This is true. But like, one one of the things I do is like. Um, uh, one of, for me, like if you want to try and get like uh, kids interested in in history, is like you know do it through music. So, like one of the th one of the songs I use is "Wake Up" by Rage Against the Machine. Because um, all those references in there, you can trace them back to stuff and try and get them to like you know look it up and research it and stuff like that. Like Hoover is a body remover. Sorry, Steve, I'm actually a teacher, so you know that's why I'm bringing this up. So where do you live in Italy? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I teach English and history. Near the beach? Yeah, near the beach. Yeah, yeah in Calabria. So right the, the toe of the boot. You get to live you get to live in a country that serves fucking real food. Right, okay. I'm very glad you put it. Sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry, go go on, sorry, sorry. What were you saying? Oh, I thought I was just gonna say well, you know no, no, we're, we're, we're here in fucking class system Britain. <laughs> Don't get me fucking started. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but like seriously, like, I mean, I've, I mean, I, I've actually been like looking at your Steve. I've been looking at your material on YouTube since probably about two thousand and eleven, um, and I've always been a big fan of it. And like you know, your your skit 
on like um, basically homosexuality in the Australian metal scene and basically, you know, if you wear an earring in your right ear, it means you're gay. Where in Australia, it means if you've got a cock in another man's ass. <laughs> I've, I've actually used that in class with students as a starting point of a discussion about views of homosexuality and stuff. And it's fucking gold. And like, you know, just having that kind of material out there where you can like drop it into a lesson and go like, listen to this guy, tell me what you think. It's, it's really cool. So I'm, getting used, I'm getting used for educational purposes, but the comedy clubs won't book me. But it's a good starting point because it, it kind of broaches what is more, maybe a more serious topic, but from a humorous point of view. And then you can like, you know, extrapolate things from it and like, you know, open it up and stuff. So like, you know, I mean, like, I mean, like talking about food, like, you know, what's your, what's your favorite flavor? Red sauce, red, red sauce or brown sauce? <laughs> fucking, you know, there's a fucking class system here, mate. I was, I was living in North Manchester for a while. I'm in the corner shop one day and I'm looking at the fucking shop. I mean, you got your aisles. So your first aisle, you got some frozen food, you got tins, right? You got tins of fucking baked beans, fucking this, right? You get hamburgers in a tin, you got some tins and tins. And you get down the end, there's the milk and the soft drinks. Then you got this aisle, there's sweets, chips, and biscuits. Then the next aisle's got cleaning products, and the next aisle's got booze. I went, the only thing in here is manufactured food, chemicals, and alcohol. <laughs> Why are fucking people in the 21st century in the fucking country that used to run the fucking world eating fucking burgers in a tin next to fucking... It's just, fuck me, mate. The thing that surprises me, when, when I come... I, I sporadically come back to the UK. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> uh, and, um, yeah, and I'm actually I'm actually coming home in what 20, 14 days. I'll be back. Um, and you just like where I live, and in other places I've lived because I've lived in other countries too. You, if you want meat, you go to the butchers. If you want if you want vegetables, you go to the fruit and veg store. If you want salami or cheese, you go to the salumeria. Whereas in England, it's just all the fucking supermarket and it's the same stupid fucking shit all the time, mass produced, or it's being marketed to make you think that it's fresh. Yeah, yeah. Because twat has come up with this farm fresh, blah, 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 you got fuck off. You yeah. Know? And like, what I love about Italians is like, it's genetically impossible for them to eat shit food. Mate, I fucking was talking to my buddy the other day. I said, here's what people don't understand. They don't understand the importance of having a fucking good food culture. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking important, right? Because there's heaps of people, and I've lived in parts of England, all I've been all over fucking England, mate. There's people wandering around, out of shape, looking weird, why? Because of their fucking diets, man. Yeah, yeah. And they cling on to it with a kind of allegiance to poverty because of the class system psychology. So, yeah. you know, so, so, so they go to some place in Spain where they could get good of food, and they go, oh, we'll get the fish and chips. Oh, the, the, the thing I find though is one one of the things that's quite strange about the UK is that our national identity at no point comes into contact with the food we eat. Whereas in Italy, the national identity, the basis of it is their cuisine and their their, their kind of their art and their sculpture and their architecture. And they they view food, they they view dining, not eating, dining as sacrosanct. Like totally. So, for, so here, 
the, 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 ki the kids I teach at secondary school or their version of secondary school, they start at 7.30 in the morning, but they go, they go at home at one o'clock in the afternoon and that's school finished. And they go home to sit down at a table with a knife and a fork and a plate of food and mom or grandmother cooks. And they have, they have three courses. <laughs> you, know, you know, they have three courses, you know? And it's, so I've got to put my plug my phone in a second. So. Oh, mate. Oh, I know, you know. I've been to these places, you know. There's food they sell in the UK that you just couldn't sell in it. Because no one would buy it. They just go, are you fucking insane? Like Frey Bentos pies, meat pie in a tin. It's, like, like it's, still, it's still here. I understood if it was 1951, right? Like, like <laughs> the 70s. We had those in the 70s. I had English parents. My fucking stepmother, fucking Northern English cunt stepmother, dragged those filthy pies out with a bucket of lard and a fucking... I didn't mind her Yorkshire puddings, but fucking, you know, <laughs> you know, I grew up English with this fucking stuff. So, I mean, I remember when I got here once and fucking, if you want a good fry up in England, you go to the Arabs, mate. <laughs> yeah, no. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think, yeah, like ones, they're not, it's not English, Randon, it's a... Because they'll one. make it good, because they make food good, because they've got a food culture too, mm. you know. I, I think it's well. The, the, the trouble with the UK is that, I mean, from from a historical perspective, I think one of the things that damaged food culture in the UK was rationing during World War Two. And remember, we didn't finish rationing until 1952. And also, we managed to kill off an entire generation in both World Wars that were cooks and chefs in the big houses. That probably, when the economy was more liberalised after World War Two, would probably have gone and opened up restaurants and cafes and stuff and we probably would have had a food culture and once you probably going to get lambasted for this but once you take once you've got two, two, two parents working and you take one parent out of the house and send them to work the food quality of the food is going to go down because no one's got time to fucking cook right don't get me started because i'll run through the entire fucking system of the dish yeah i mean it's the like, family to me, it's like, you know, like british people that their, their attitude to especially italian food fucking leaves me incredulous sometimes because like if you want to go to tasco's and buy a, a jar of ragu to put on your fucking spag bog it's fucking bullshit spaghetti bolognese doesn't exist there's no such fucking thing yeah i know yeah mm -hmm. um, but you can make a tomato sauce in quicker time for cheaper than it does to take you to, to buy that jar of manufactured bullshit and it's just like you're just too fucking lazy to do it Tell me about it. I've never fucking used that stuff. I just make sauce. I can make it. Fucking yeah, exactly. Seconds. And it's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I don't even know if my recipe is that fucking great, but I can fucking make onions, fucking some capsicum, a bit of fucking celery. Yeah. Top it up, get some tomatoes, get herbs, get salt. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> fucking sorted. But yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a that thing, you, you're coming from Australia where you've got a large influx of Italian immigrants. You've got Greek immigrants. Okay. And you see, correct me if I'm wrong. You seem to have actually listened to them and go, actually, you might have some good ideas about food. Whereas in England, we're like, oh, you're foreign. Get that fucking chair away from me. I think sometimes here they end up, I, I my, my Aussie mate bought some kebab off some Turkish guys in England once. It was so shit. And he ended up giving a talking to, going, why have you let the English turn you into this, mate? This is not how you cook. Because <laughs> 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 I've had some Chinese food here, which I'm like, no, 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 no. This is impossible to fucking eat. Right? Whereas like, and I'm not a Chinese food fan of Chinese people. Fuck, I can't eat real Chinese. Fuck that. I, I eat Australian Chinese made by Australian Chinese folks. It's fucking great. <laughs> right? 
real Chinese is a bit too fucking Asian for me. You know, I'm like, I can't do gloop. They like gloop, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, you, know, you, you don't want to fry up off the Asians, but they can't. I, they, they, they won't cook the egg properly because they don't mind gloop. No, they don't. They like liquid soup and like, ducks and noodles and things and eat it all at once. I'm like, I think so. When you when you have when you have like Asian, uh, for example, Korean food or Vietnamese Korean food, I, I lived in Korea for five years and it's fucking spicy. And they're like, dear God, you eat fire for breakfast. Like, you know, they just fucking knocking like spicy soup, like kimchi for breakfast, <laughs> yes. kimchi with that. And you're just like, how the fuck are you eating this stuff? And then after about six weeks of being there, you're like, what is that smell? Oh my god, I'm fermenting. I've had so much kimchi. <laughs> coming out of your pores, you know. But then again, then, but then you, you you meet Korean people and they're like, oh, you know, you, you're English. You smell like a wet dog because, like, you know, the shit you eat. And you're like, oh, probably, you know, probably, yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah. It's eye opener. You know? well, it's like when I used to go and do the fucking comedy club and junglers were around and they had sort of a disco and comedy and you get a feed. But yeah, this is what, mid-2000s? They're selling fucking fish finger sandwiches to adults. Who, who eats fish fingers after fucking being 10? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. You fuck. Don't you do? <laughs> it's, it's, quick, it's quick and easy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know one thing I will say? Though? There, there, there are some things you'll see in the supermarket here in Italy, which are just fucking weird. Like they've got a really weird, um, like kind of love for Findus crispy pancakes in this country, and I don't know why because they, they are literally just plastic food. And every time you go to a supermarket, they're always on offer, but it's not because they're trying to get rid of them; it's because they sell so fucking many of them. It's <laughs> just like, hang on. So you're telling me that you're going to buy that rather than you're going to eat Nonna's meatballs? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And, like, <laughs> and, you know, and it, it's so, but, but it's so insidious, isn't it? Like, fucking America get their claws into a country and start fucking, it's like a cuckoo in the nest. Before you know it, everyone's fucking eating chlorine-soaked chicken. And, and I mean... Right. One of, one of the things though, like, I mean, you, you touched on this already, and I, I really wanted to ask you this. I mean, I, I've been, I've, I emigrated in 2006, so I haven't really been back much since then to the UK. Steve, what the fuck is wrong with the UK as an Australian living there? Like, what, if you were to boil it down, I've got my own opinions. I'd be interested to hear yours. Well, mine all come from conspiracy worlds. So I don't have stats or sheets, and I'm not a fucking intellectual or into academia. But it's not just what's happening to the UK, it's what's happening to the Western world and the world in general, because it's been changed. It's been sold off. All these countries have been sold off. Right? So you're really not living in a country. You're living in a zone, which they want in the European super state, don't they? Even though Britain's apparently pulled out of the fucking EU and all this. Right? So, so this is what I think anyway is going on. So, so, so no countries really have any institutions left. Like everything, everything to me is just sort of... <clears throat> branded so I, I describe it like this it's, it's like the job center's got a big neon sign out the front talking about the opportunity in the future but behind the door is just a, an old just a filing cabinet and a chair in an empty room it's like every, everything's just branded but not but everything's been gutted because because they've sold it off it's all coming from like things like common core and it's all corporate entities making why are there roadworks in England, which have been on there since I went back to Australia and had a breakdown for six years, but they were there when I left and they were there because I toured all over England. Why is there 90 miles of cones on the M6? Because, these are my theories, 
because the government and your councils aren't in control. This is globalists doing what they want, changing your world into a smart grid country. And if they want to put 90 miles of cones and block the M6 off for five years, they'll block the M6 off for five years. Plus, they're doing psychological warfare on you because they want you to get you out of your cars. So they make it impossible to want to be on there. And then they're going to throw the, the climate change agenda at you. So you're going to agree to get out of your cars because they want you out of your cars. Right? They're going to say it's electric, but no, they want you out of your cars. They don't want you living in the countryside. They want you. That's why they put free bikes in cities all around the world. Right, to get people used to bikes. That's why they put bike lanes just all everywhere. Why have they ripped up all the cities? Why is every city in England ripped up? Every city in Australia ripped up? Because you're under the smart, strong cities network, which means that your country's being redesigned by outside forces, globalists. Because okay, just, just, okay. just, just if, if so basically, would, would you say then that basically the underlying message there would be if, you, if you're encouraging people to get out of cars, you don't want people to travel far. Is that a way of curtailing gaining life experience and broadening horizons by keeping you where you should be? Well, it will have many ramifications back, won't it? The, you know, things that they will tie into the sort of idea of what you'll then do, you know, you, which all ties into what political correctness and everything, which, which is non-exceptionalism. Yeah. Know, everything's, everything's equal. No one's allowed to be better than anybody else. Everybody thinks it's a quality. I've got a great joke now. I do my thing where I go, see, the problem with the quality is it's very difficult for me to feign being equal to people I'm clearly superior to. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then as the audience sits there, I go, can you feel your nervous systems burning? <laughs> because here's the thing, they're going to get tricked with, 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 with equality. There is no equality in nature. I know what they mean about having rights and laws or everything, and you can't just do this, and you can't just be racist. I know the fucking patois, right? But there is no equality in nature. There is none. And there's no equality in the sense of, I'm a skinny, bony guy that's fucking 55. I don't get all my... I don't get as many hot chicks as some guys. Is that equal? No. So you can't make it equal. You can't force chicks to have sex with Steve Hughes so he has as much sex as, as, as square jawed Chad. Yeah. So there's, no, there's no quality here. That's, it's an illusion. Right? It's funny, some girl put a meme up the other day that said, do you know female dragonflies can pretend to be dead when they want to avoid unwanted male attention? And I felt like writing, well, what happens to the dragonflies who receive no male attention? I guess they don't have to pretend to be dead because they'll just die. <laughs> Right. See, you people, have, you're all wound up in these ideologies about equality and about this. See, when I say I'm superior to people, I get them all freaked out. Right? And I get, but don't think that I'm stupid enough to think that I'm better than anybody else in the metaphysical realm and the fact that you exist. Who do I to chart a superiority over you? But the funny thing is, is people who promote equality think they're better than me if I don't agree with them about equality. Yeah, that's a yeah, fair point. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so, so I'll tell you what else. There is a there is superiority because if you had where you live in a nice town, wherever you, you live in Italy and, and two new blokes turn up and one of them is a good bloke and helps the old ladies across the street and, and is a good bloke and good chat in the pub. And another bloke throws shit against the wall and kicks the cats and has outbursts in the street. You would then decide which kind of behavior you feel would be better to have your community prosper you would see one kind of behavior is superior to the other to keep order here but if you give away this idea of equality then anyone behaving anyway can just charge you with discrimination 
would you say that this takes the power of you as, as a community or a group or as an individual away from you and hands it back to the state, which comes back at you, threatening you with fucking charging you with things like hate speech. It's 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 yeah. the, it's the system totally taking your power away under the guise of your compassion, because people go, well, Steve, how could you be against the things like homosexuals not being bashed? Well, why do you think that I'm for homosexuals being bashed? But you don't understand what's being done. They're tricking you. They're tricking you so that now, eventually, if you've got to accept everything about homosexuality, therefore, they'll get rid of all your religions. Why? Because you won't be allowed to be a Christian because they're not for homosexuality. And all you science obsessed people, because they've transferred your, your, your archetypical association of God over to scientists, you'll all agree. Well, fuck the Christians, get rid of them. You don't understand. You think you can just pull this fucking massive part of your collective psyche and history out and replace it with what? Nothing. Science. No, no, you're in fucking serious shit. Right? Because if you don't have a kind of outward God or an idea of something bigger than you, then all the decisions will be made from men and you'll go along with them. And then when men decide that perhaps it's good for the majority if we genocide a fucking billion people. You'll be able to brainwash most of the people in the world to get, yeah, why? Well, yeah. you know, we're in charge now. There's no God. We're, I mean, science. I mean, we're, we're science people, aren't we? We're science. We can we can control everything. We can we can do everything. We can fix everything. Nature is just a what? It's just an object to be looked at it, and picked apart, is it? I mean, I think it's 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 it's, it's kind of disconcerting sometimes when you go into a class and you this obsession with with test scores and and um, teaching to the test, and the only thing in you know, it, knowledge is not valued. The test score is valued over the knowledge. The test score is valued over the ability to critically analyze something. Of course, and the test score is valued over your ability to question um, your teacher and say, "Hang on, I don't think you're right there, or I don't agree with you." And 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 the stuff that the, the so a lot of the students that I teach don't know is quite disconcerting because like, I mean, I, I teach, I teach history and I've, I've got to try and get the kids to kind of be able to critically analyze the differences between kind of communism and capitalism into the cold war. But I'm starting with no foundation whatsoever because they've never come across it. And you're just like, you, you should have, you should have come across this by the age of 16. You should at least be aware that there are, whether or not you agree or disagree with it, that there are, that, you know, in terms of post-war history, there are two different schools of thought, two main schools of thought. One is private property, free capital. The other one is um, state control, that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, but they, they just don't have it. And you're just like, you know, they haven't read anything. <laughs> and you're like, why? It's not my job to tell you to read, I'm, to tell you what to read. I said, I want you to go away find your own thing to read, come back at me with some stuff, you know, like. Well, sometimes I think sometimes they've got too many distractions. When I grew and, up, when I grew up, I, I fucking read as a kid, wanted to fucking get away from my fucking dysfunctional family, but also just because why? Well, what are you doing? There's nothing else. You know, there's nothing. When you've got a record, you sat down and you looked at it and you read all the fucking lyrics and where it was recorded and who recorded it. And you listened to the whole thing. There was, there was no sidebar going, perhaps you'd like this as well. Yeah. Do you think that's part of the problem though with with with, um, with, with music today is that, that kids now, you know, my daughter's getting into metal and do you think now they, because they don't have that physical experience anymore, 
it is all too easy. Yeah, it's great because you can go and listen to one band on Spotify or, or Apple Music or whatever, and, and it will tell you something else that's similar. Great, you can listen to all this stuff, but you're taking away that joy of buying the album and buying the record and, and taking home and listening to it, and reading the lyrics and going through all the sleeve notes and all that kind of shit. We don't have that anymore. And no. kids now are never going to experience that. And that's it's funny, man. You know, it's like, uh, that's why a lot of these, you know, if I really want something I can't find, I've been to 20 record stores, I might get it off eBay. But otherwise, I just, I still go. I've, I've looked at eBay. There's tons of things I want on there. But to me, eBay is like trawler fishing, you know, where where it's better that I sit on a milk crate in fucking Reading and go, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like, it's got more excitement to it you know yeah. it's more it's it's it's, it's a better it's, it's a better feeling when i found collect because i found them in boxes sitting under a fucking shelf you know and just bang it's just it's, it's like panning for gold instead of fucking trawler fishing and it's just more exciting you know it's got more organicness to it it's got more well you 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 actually achieve something yeah 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 it's you know, part it's of the process. What you, what you found two Enya singles. Yeah, but I, I achieved something. I sat there for fucking 45 minutes going. <laughs> <laughs> With my legs going, oh, fuck, hang on. <laughs> yeah, it's a free, it's a free, it's a hot, it's But a there's a social thing. aspect. There was a social <laughs> aspect to it as well, wasn't there? Because you go in there and you'd be trawling through the buckets of the records. And then there'd be a guy next to you doing the same thing. And you'd be like, oh, what are you looking for? I'm looking for this. Oh, I actually saw that over there. Really. And it's just like, and, and it's like, but no, no, now you just can just lie in bed. Just go on Spotify playlist. Uh, and you're like, fuck, you know, and there's no, there's no social interaction. And there's no social interaction. There's no excitement. Like just buying that Iron Maiden record because the cover looks good. Uh, yeah. No idea what it sounds like. But look at that thing. <laughs> See, I, I, I actually, I, I, I bought Obsolete by Fear Factory because, like, you know, uh, one of the punts was, oh, you, you only listen to stuff after before 1994. You need to... It wasn't me. Fuck off. You fucking put me up to that. Not and fucking never, Fear Factory. I will no never forget because that album is a piece of shit. Okay? Obsolete. I fucking hate Fear Factory. You hate Fear Factory? I I'm sorry. I just, I just, I fucking wank. Absolute wank. <laughs> Fear Factory were always a band to me where I liked five songs off each album, like four songs, five songs. Never do the whole record. But... Not even D-Manufacture? D-Manufacture, I like probably, I don't know. See, when, I, when that came out, I was in a sort of uh, an uh, eclectic rock band. And I was listening to tons of different stuff, but I was still hanging around musos and metal bands and everything. So I was, and, I'm, and I'm in the music scene, so I, it all came to me. But it wasn't my focus like a metalhead bit. So I, I'd, I'd hear it and I'd go, well, fuck, it's great. You know, I heard that first fucking Meshuggah album when it first came out, 93. You know, like, yeah. now it's Meshuggah's the thing, isn't it? Like, so I've always just been connected through it. Like, certain records kept me connected to the metal scene around the late 80s into the 90s, which was Sepultura, Beneath the Remains. Yes. You know, going, yeah, fucking, what a monster fucking record, right? What a fucking Slaves record. of Pain is a fucking awesome thing. <sighs> Mate, it's, that record is a fucking lightning bolt to the fucking face, right? That stuff, Morbid Angel kept me interested around all that time. Blessed Other Sick, Covenant. And, what about... But I never liked... Sorry, really, what I never, I never liked... The what, sorry? What about Black Man in the 90s? And, and, and what did you think of that? 
I was always a, saw it when it started around Emperor and all this. And then when I joined Nazul in around 93, because those guys didn't have a drummer. They just saw my band then. I was in a band called Presto. They just, the, the guy in Nazul, he was the sound engineer. So he made all the albums. He's still a sound engineer. He wanted to record our band Presto and then found out that I was in Slaughter Lord and Little Sin. So he just said, you want to come and drum on these fucking songs we're doing? It was just a studio band. And, uh, but through those guys, I found, I got into that, that album. Emperor that you're wearing. That's a fucking masterpiece. Masterpiece, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, because it's just got that, you know, it's like, it's like the first, it's like Raining Blood and it's got, it's like Early Morbid Angel. It's like the first Creator albums. It's got that special. It, it epitomizes the scene, doesn't it? It's, you know, it's as good as it got. It's just, it's got the fucking atmosphere. Can, can, can you just, just imagine what would happen if a band released? a song like Angel of Death now fucking backlash <laughs> oh I'm fucking glorifying the holocaust no they're fucking not <laughs> I know no one's no one's got any reality left don't they they just they just they, they, you just poke them and they like, like, the, like the, the narrative just falls out you're not supposed to say that it's like when I do these jokes now about you know that I, I'm you know that aren't pro-feminism so I'll do jokes about women and stuff but the women laugh hard. So do the men that aren't. But, but you'll find sometimes it's harder for the men to laugh because they've been shamed. Yeah. Right, right. Whereas the women have been entitled. Right. So, so, so they'll hear this. It's funny enough. They'll piss themselves laughing. And I can see men sort of, can I laugh at this? Or if I laugh at this, will I be? I'm like, fuck it. I don't know how anybody can. I don't know how anyone, you know, these people that go, oh, you know, should I laugh at that? I don't know how you, I don't know how you stop laughing. What do you mean? I just laugh. I don't think doing that. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't imagine being so programmed that you hear something, you go, should I? Because it's already out before all. Isn't it? Do, do, do you think that, like, for example, this, the concept of like the public intellectual, right? Someone like Chris. Hitchens back in his day. Now it seems to be everything's Jordan Peterson or Ben Shapiro or someone like that. But that's a case of like it's almost like the kind of masses of the universe are just kind of throwing us a bone. Like, oh, you know, oh, well, the, you go out and say some stuff that a lot of people are going to agree, but don't worry, it's not going to go anywhere because you know we we've, we've got yeah we've got our hands on the on the lead as it were. But just go out and give people like a glimmer of hope. I'm not saying I, I agree with, with everything Jordan Peterson says, but it just seems to be like, you know. I don't know about anyone that's getting around the scene. Right. Right. Because obviously when you go into conspiracy theory world, besides your initial excitement, like you've found secrets, if you stick to it after years, you realize that this world too is filled of, with mischief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. So, so of course, right. Yeah. Now you have to start to be more subtle. And then also, I think what most people have never looked into anything outside mainstream narratives is that getting in a, but they go, do you want me to believe that, Steve? I don't expect you to believe anything. You believing things is one of the biggest fucking problems you've got, right? Because beliefs can create genocide, right? Yeah. You're right, right. It's, and, and, and you've got beliefs that you don't even know are true, but you believe they're true, right? Like if I said to people, you know, no one went to the moon, then they go, what are you talking about? You're a conspiracy theorist, mate. You're fucking, everybody knows you went to the moon. The truth is, none of you know, for sure. I don't know if they didn't go, and you don't know if they did. You don't know, 
So why don't you just sit there from a place of honesty, which is you don't know, and go, well, did they or didn't they? Well, maybe you could go and find out from here and make your own decision, right? Because the honest, the, the real reality is, is you don't know. So why don't you just sit? Because I've watched, I've had people agree with me of this. They go, yeah, I know what you're saying. I totally agree. Personally, I believe they went, bang, the program kicked straight back in. See, personally, I believe they went, well, what's that? Look, that's what we're talking about, mate. That is, that's, that is no relevance. Because you don't know. You just believe they went. Well, everybody believes that. Yeah, but I think in a way, though, I mean, like when you talk about belief and uh, you're talking about like removing like Christianity from or, or, or like maybe uh, organized religion, I think would be more accurate because we're not just talking about Christianity from like the kind of like postmodern uh, world is that maybe it's 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 a defunct form of control that's no longer relevant and needs to be upgraded. Well, back in back in the day when 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 the Catholic Church was was basically king in medieval Europe and they controlled the knowledge. No one could yeah. read. And you could, you know, you would, and, and it was people like Tyndale and Wycliffe and Luther who were persecuted because they tried to open up that world in order for the, for the average man on the street to get that knowledge for themselves. And they were, they were, they were persecuted. It's, it's, I, I, I always see it as a means of control. Um, Catholic church is the total fucking new world order form of control. Yeah, the Vatican does the spiritual side of globalist propaganda. Washington does the military and London does the money, right? So, yeah. you know, the city of London does the money. There's your globalist money center. Washington, for the time being, see, America's in the crosshairs of globalists too. America's being deconstructed and destroyed because that idea of freedom and individualism doesn't fit with the globalist agenda of global sort of cross-capitalist communism, digitalized transhumanism that's why americans is being brought down right because you know all these things that america has done throughout the years yeah but it really hasn't always been just america i used to think it was but it isn't because america's controlled too so yes people are being a being a well to me see you can see the catholic church changing with the times now why because they go hey we'll accept the homosexuals and anyone and do whatever they want right because they're getting trendy right why because they're because they're big players but they're they're changing the dynamic of the of the general public's uh, psychology and history from the worship of God to the worship of science, because because if you look at a Christian idea, here's my little theories on it. I it's, think it's it's a, it's a, it's an outward salvationist ideology, isn't it? Christianity. But but I think you got it all comes back to this. I mean, if if you take my analogy earlier of con control, because people are illiterate, they couldn't read the Bible. Okay, now if you take if, if you transpose that and say, look, people have got um, the, the scientists of the new religion or the new, the new power or the new belief system in order to enter that world you need a master's, you need a PhD you need to have an education based on what they perceive as being the right type of education yeah, that exactly. in itself is a means of entrance into that world it's completely, completely. so like you know and then it's basically putting well it's, it's like it's almost like if you've got a PhD you can make the case that you're, you're, you're now a Jesuit you're going to go out there and preach and kind of spread well, the word. You're completely seeing that because what's the mainstream do at the moment? Well, we have fact checkers, right? To make sure you're not saying anything that goes against the narrative. Yeah. Right. So, so, so it's going to be because, so, so they call it, what, what do they call it in the news? Uh, fucking or misinformation, disinformation, whatever it is, fake news, right? So they bring all this idea that there's, there's only one things to be believed here. You're not allowed to have an opinion. There's a, there's a fact checker here that's told you what is reality and any other thought of it 
needs to be mocked and must be subversive or stupid or mentally ill. Yeah. Right. So this is mass fucking control. This is beyond the fucking Catholic Church, right? So, but they're joining in. But <laughs> 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 so, you know, you don't get these people to give away billions and billions of fucking of treasure and, uh, and thousands of years of control. Like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> one, one of my favorite um, kind of uh, maxims is, just, just makes me laugh, is uh, uh, Pope Innocent III used to have a maxim and it was like written above his, uh, his, his papal throne, higher than man, lower than God. And that, that just fucking says it all. In terms of the Catholic Church, it's like, I am the ombudsman between the creator and, and you peons. It's like, I know it's like that Bill Hicks bit when they used to, when he used to do that bit and they go, I'm oh, going to have women church, women priests, women priests. What do you think about that bit? Women priests. He goes, I don't care. Or any kind of, he goes, now that's priests of both sexes. I don't listen to. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. He goes, have a hermaphrodite one. Get one with fucking eight dicks and three tits. You know, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Goes, I love this. He goes, see, I'm an evolved being. And I know you have your quaint superstitions and middlemen. (laughs) 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 Like, you know, the whole world's filled with these middlemen, isn't it? Like, you know, you used to buy a fucking ticket to go and see Kiss from the guy that owned the record short, then Ticket Tech turned up. And they squeeze in between, don't they? Yeah. Like, there's middlemen making everything. They're fucking dickheads that just turn up and do nothing. I'm, I'm going to think the floor. That kind of thing brings me on to something that we we talked about on this podcast quite a few weeks ago now. Um, we talked about, we did a whole episode on elitism in heavy metal and gatekeeping and, and all that kind of thing. And for someone that's been around in the scene for so many years and been around in extreme metal, is that something you've experienced? Is that something you've got? you know, a, a view on because we've all, we've all been there as metal fans. This, this is, this is our, our community is our scene. You're not fucking welcome. You know, what, what do you well, I never, I never saw it as you're not fucking welcome. Not in the sense of not when I grew up in the scene, because that was, it was the outsider scene. So if you wanted to be an outsider and not follow mainstream fucking narratives and so forth, just come in. Yeah. Of course that you end up getting, sometimes I don't mind when some people get, elitist because sometimes they're trying to save something which is actually quite sacred we made that point because we yeah Yeah. because i mean going back to what we said earlier about when we were at university and it's like look listen if you want to listen to new metal whatever listen to it but don't fucking tell us that it's the the be all and end all like i'm sorry there are better things out there than fucking mint biscuit (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the second Judas Priest album. Yeah, yeah. First Judas Priest album. Every Judas Priest fucking album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah in a nutshell. And, and, and it's like, it's when, it's when people start appropriating things from like your subculture. Or like, you know, uh, Monday night at the Student Union and they put Bon Jovi living on a prayer on and then there's these fucking frat boys. Oh my God, that was a brutal pit. And you're like, fuck You've never been in a fucking Slayer. Go in a fucking morbid angel pit. Then you can come and tell me what's brutal. That well, see, was fucking people like this. Fucking slapping each other like fucking bitches. You know. 
But it's it's whenever the it's whenever anything gets expanded, it gets diluted and things change. And sometimes you just have to go through the process. You know, it's like it's like believe me when 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 a lot of people got into death metal around the nineties through Cannibal Corpse and Deicide and everything. You know, before they'd heard, they hadn't heard Creator and all that, really. They just got into it through that stuff. So because I've been into extreme metal for so from the beginning, when that stuff turned up, to me, it looked, it sound, it just looked ridiculous. Right? Because now it's now it's kind of being extreme for the point of being extreme. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I understood where it came from because they watched Evil Dead and they got influenced by these bands and now it became this kind of, well, we'll just, because it was a kind of a freeing atmosphere. We can write songs about fucking anything. I understand, you know, it's kind of, I, I enjoyed that. When I first heard those, viol- the violence of the first Exodus album lyrics, that, that, that opened up a lot for me on how much I can be extreme. You know what I mean? Because you, you, would, you, would, you would write lyrics, you know, I'm, I'm not a guy that's going to kick in your face and rape and murder your wife, right? <laughs> right? But now you, could, now you could write these lyrics. So I understood the kind of the, the, the creative freedom of, of, of this crude and uh, brutal fucking expression but to me when the first cannibal corpse came out to me it was like now we've just got songs called maggots dripping from a virgin's cunt well this is this this is just (laughs) stupid to me right (laughs) right it's just i know why it's done but it's also it's just it just seems silly and dumb you know I've always struggled with that that Florida death metal scene, especially Cannibal Corpse and some of the fucking song titles. And it's just we well, see, you know what it is. They, it, they are what they are, and I full, I have full respect for them because they're lifers, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And and you know they 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 weren't fake. They were real. These guys loved it, and they fucking yeah. did it, and they kept going, and and they and they're great musicians, and and they're still doing it now. And I watched a great interview with the uh, see what's so interesting about that early thrash metal, why it became, why it was more eclectic and more sort of eccentric was because it was made by people that couldn't play yet. Yeah. 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 Like, the, like the Americans could play. Anthrax, Megadeth, they were all tight to yeah. begin with. Right, right. But the German stuff was, they couldn't play. So it's got that punk. And when you can't play, when you're not that good and you're young, you're more interesting because you take more chances because you really don't know what you're doing. Right? So, you start having sex. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do everything and see what... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's and, like, put it, and put it on tape. Like, does it, does it, it, it go in here? Does it go in here or is it here? Which hole? <laughs> I'll try both. <laughs> it's like... So, I mean, it, it happened to me like... See, the early Tori Amos albums for about the first five or four albums, they're really interesting. They're really eclectic and eccentric and, and, and the songs are unique and they're like, and then she got a bit more musical, you know what I mean? And it became a bit more conservative in the songs. And I don't mind because okay, she grows as an artist, she wants to do what she wants, I trust her as an artist. But I, I do, sometimes that's why you do like earlier work of bands because they can never create work like that again because they got good and you can't pretend to be shit, except if you're dark throw, they, they're brilliant. <laughs> they, they, they're actually great players who can sound like they're not good players and it's that what they do is so fucking hard to do which most people think because even I listen to it and go how am I enjoying this so much in its utter simplicity and almost sounds like a demo <laughs> I'm like it's fucking amazing <laughs> 
because I, I love that sort of that primitive like I made a record I can't really play guitar but I can write songs you know yeah for the bits I know the bits I needed a guitarist I got a guitarist I'm not I can't if I need a shredding solo well, I'm not I can't fucking do it so but I can that's why I love the like like early U2 I got into U2 really early and uh I knew straight away these guys are fucking I can just tell I could just tell when I got those first two records these they've they've got telepathy it's well, hard to, it's hard to make this music with such space especially when you're young you know Oh, no, they, they were decent. They were Go decent. On, people, people, going, people. going back to when we were um, when we had Lois Creature on, they said the same thing, that it isn't always about musicianship. If you can write a decent fucking song or a decent riff and you've got that hook, that's what really matters. And, and if, you've, if, 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 you, if your heart's in it, you know, Tom, Tom yeah. Warrior, he likes, he likes primitive music. You know, like, like it's, it's prim- there's something you've got to add to it. You can't just... You know, I can never play with these guitarists. Believe me, I've been in a lot of bands. I fucking uh, uh, audition guitarists. You play with some guitarists, they can't shut up. <laughs> Even when they're not playing a song, they can't shut up. Shut up! Like, <laughs> this guy has no idea how to fucking shut up. They, if something silence comes, they're, they're, they're lost. I, I don't know what to do. Nothing, mate. Steve, if you were, were going to recommend some thrash albums for someone younger looking to get into thrash, what would you recommend? See, it's interesting. I could say the first two creator albums, but you've got to be prepared to listen to fucking barbarism, primitive, out of time, out of key. Will it have the same effect on you as it did when I heard it in 85? Might not, because if you've, if you've already heard something that's fucking, so it's sometimes when you go, you have to be there. Sometimes you too, that's true. Like you're not going to hear it the same, you, you know, because they're also some when those albums come out, the energy of what was happening affected you. You know what I mean? And that, that's not there. But if I was going to get into early thrash metal records, I would go, you got to get Darkness Descends, Dark Angel, I reckon. Got to get First Two Creator, I reckon. You got to get, Slayer, Hello Whites. Yeah, definitely. You got to get, you got to get a, and Raining Blood. If you want to hear tight, fucking perfectly, fucking, it's not a wasted second on that record. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 29 <laughs> fucking minutes. Yeah, 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 There is not a yeah, single I, I would say, wasted I would, second. I, I, I'm, I would say Kill Em All. Mate, Kill Em All. Beneath the Remains. P sells, but who's buying? You gotta have, you gotta have beneath the remains. Seriously, I know, I know we mentioned earlier, but what a fucking album! Like, mate, it's it's mate, when you put beneath the remains on, when you put it on, it's like it's like you're in the fucking room. It's like it's yeah. it's, it's, it's got, and, and it's like, and, and, and have you ever seen the the, the the live video they released under siege in Barcelona? It's the greatest fucking heavy metal fucking video I've ever seen. I reckon. And like, and we were talking about this. Was it last week or the week before? We were we were talking about like it was. It's a crying shame what happened to that band with Max leaving because, you know, we've seen Soulfly, and we've seen Sepultura without Max, and we're just like, you, you just feel like you've missed something. You know, did you ever see them with Max? Yeah, yeah, on the uh, KSAD tour. Yeah, oh, 
See, also, it's funny because I, I, you know, I, I was into Sepultura when it was, I got old fanzines when they were in, when they had fucking, only had uh, Morbid Visions. Is it Morbid Visions? Yeah, yeah Morbid yeah. Visions. Yeah. And that, and we had the demo. We had their first demo. It just had fucking Antichrist. Antichrist. I've got all these old fanzines with old pictures of Borovoj. He used to have a fanzine called Violent Noise out of New York. He went on to kind of be the guy that worked for Roadrunner, I think, and actually sort of brought Sepultura to the States. And I've got, he has to have an old fanzine, one of the first ones Lord Lord was in. And I've still got the old fanzines, but he's got, he's got pitch, early pictures of Sepultura, black and white photocopied stuff. And he's just cut out gods all over it. That's so he, he was kind of, he knew how to fucking hear a good band, you know, even when it was primitive and fucking mental, right? So I've known about that band since they were nothing. And then I think, I think as well, like, you know, in terms of and so, so to watch them come through, because, you know, it was all Sepultra. We all thought it was Sepultra. And then so we had schizophrenia. and all. I'm thanked on schizophrenia. Lord, Lord. Thanked on, that's how early we used to write to these fuckers. But that beneath the remains, that's because when I first heard Arise, even though I do love Arise now, but when I first heard it, it was like when I heard South of Heaven after Raining Blood. It's like Arise is good, but it doesn't have that fucking frenetic... Mm. It's all about to fall off the edge of a fucking boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It's that's electric that record. Besides the, the the absolute accuracy and brilliance of Raining Blood, I, I would put Beneath the Remains as the second fucking best thrash record we'd ever fucking recorded. I reckon. Just, 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 as, soon as, as, soon as, first, as soon as Beneath the Remains the song kicks in, it's like you're on the fucking ship. And you're not getting but off to a primitive it's, future. It's, for example, it, it's the little nuggets on that album. Like, for example, the the riff after the solo in the song Beneath the Remains. Um, the, 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 the entire song, Sarcastic Existence, the own intro riff to Slaves of Pain, Inner Self is a masterpiece. The solo from Inner Self, you know, the, the way you, you've got the, the chug and then it just goes, bang, let's speed it up. And it's it's everything drops the way you want it to drop. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so when they do the solo or something, then it goes into the what? It just hangs on a power cord with double kicks running, and then just goes, da -da 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 -da, and then it just drops back in, and you're fucking on the <laughs> here we fucking go. That's what's amazing about that record. Every change is brilliant. You just it, it just knocks you into a space, and you go, fuck, man. We're just it's just and it's and 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 it's unrelenting yeah yeah it's just the energy is unrelenting it's fucking brilliant but, uh, i was just going to mention rain and blood i mean my favorite slayer album is south of heaven to be fair but if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about an archetypal thrash album yeah 29 and a half minutes of rain and blood kind of it does it all doesn't it it's they, they, you know they, they that's the album behind that's the album you. Sh that's the album you play someone if they say, hey, "What is thrash?" Right, just listen yeah, to this. Yes, yeah, exactly that. That's exactly that. I mean, I mean, we haven't mentioned Testament. No, uh, great band. I can't stand Testament. Sometimes criminally overlooked. Well, hold on, hold on. Did you just say you can't stand Testament? Really? Well, not that I. I respect Testament. I toured with Testament. But that that first, uh, and I respect them as a band. In fact, their new stuff is it's, it's not it's not shabby. It's fucking full on. Right? Their, their new albums are better now. 
But I never liked that. I remember when that first record came out, The Gathering, is it the first one? Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's the kind of, when I was in the band with Mick Burke, he was in Mortal Sin probably at that time, but I was in Slow Law with him. He always liked melodic stuff like that. So I never liked that melodic thrash. Mm. I didn't like, I hated Anthrax after the first album. I was going to say, what did you think of Anthrax as well? But, but I liked Among the Living. Yeah. But, 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 you know, I didn't like Armed and Dangerous. Although I like, I like a couple of tracks off that, Medusa and stuff like that. But, but I never, I, but, but at that point, I was, I wanted filth and battery. And, you know, it, it was, it was, to me, Anthrax was still staying in that old camp melody singer yeah. so so when testament turned up people like mick burke my guitarist he loved he loved it because he loved that melody and guitarist but to me i never liked that kind of flotsam and jetsam overkill mid-paced melodic thrash i'm like very, very rocky one day very accessible yeah yeah I, if i'm gonna listen to thrash i want violence yeah it's like if someone goes if you, know, you see youtube things where a guy goes have you seen how crap slayer solos are i don't want slayer solos with fucking melody if you put a price, it's like when they had that guitarist in Deicide. Remember that Spanish guy that could play really well? Like he could, like Ralph something or other. He was in. Oh, uh, Ralph, Ralph Santolo. He was in a few Deicide records. Yeah. They strangely pulled it off. But, but, but that's it. That's it. You know, their early solos are like Slayer, filthy, wangbar, tuneless violence. So when that guy comes in, you can hear that, well, I know my scales. And, it, and it's all in fucking tune and yeah, it's impressive. I'm not saying the guy can't play guitar, but it's like, I don't want this here. Deicide okay. um, were an unfortunate victim of Glenn Benton, I think, because he's a fucking lunatic. And he, well, you know, <laughs> how else are you going to have a band like fucking Deicide if you don't yeah, have a true. lunatic? <laughs> <It's true. laughs> Absolute fucking lunatic. So you can't have fucking, yeah, Alex Skolnick. He's not going to make fucking deicide. <laughs> Jazz guitar. Yeah, no. You need a maniac who lives in a fucking house out in the woods with fucking shotguns and a fucking inverted cross burned into his fucking head. <laughs> so, so, Steve, what, what's your take on the whole, like, because we've discussed this in previous episodes, bands like, you know, Inflame, Soilwork, um, the, the Scandinavian stuff, are you a fan? At the gates, all that kind of thing. At the gates, I love, yeah. I love that. I love that at the gates record, uh, "Slaughter of the Soul." Yeah, because that's just another record. That's that's another one that's you want to. I don't know what they call it. That's this scando thrash, whatever it's supposed to be. But that's just easy to fucking get into that record. If you're a metalhead. That's an easy record to get into. Yeah, like it's fucking catchy. It's good. It's fucking heavy. Yeah, that drops in the right places. You know these these. These are when they're kind of learning to write songs, you know. That's what Slayer did. Because if you look at the difference between Hell Awaits, which is influenced by Merciful Fate, that's where you hear the long songs. Yeah. And then Rain in Blood, which is more influenced by SOD. Because SOD brought out that fucking speaking this should die. Bang, short fucking biting fucking snap, bang. Punch in the face and fucking get out of here. Yeah. Right, right. Whereas Hell Awaits is, are you coming to the dawn of the crypts of eternity? It's going to take 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'll come, but you know, you can see the difference in the fucking style. So, but, but when you say that soil work, all that stuff, see, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of open-minded. I don't get too fucking fascistic. And if a band's good, I don't give a fuck if they come from some trendy scene. And I know if a band's good, I know I'm fucking old. I know if it's got heart, if it's fucking fake right and so 
So I bought a soil work album once. I didn't mind some of it. But, but that whole scene kind of was just around because I'd see it in magazines, but I wasn't really thinking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You see, I, like for us, I just like, bought fucking, I just bought Terrorizer and read about In the Flames and soil work and knew, knew that all that stuff was happening. But, but like, like, I think for us, it was, it was a breath of fresh air because, I mean, we'd had, we'd had the early 90s and like one of the, one of the few bands that we kind of clung on to when we were like 17, 18, 16 years, years old was, was Pantera. And, and then all of a sudden you've got all this like good stuff coming out of Scandinavia. And we're like, okay, this is like the, this is like the antidote. Yeah. The yeah right. You know, it's like, and, and, and again, it's like, the, it's where the tribalism kicks in because you could say, right, okay, if, if you want to listen to metal and you want to listen to new metal, you can fuck off and stay over there and you can leave us at the gates and in flames and soil work and the haunted. And we'll, we'll you know, the, the actual stuff that proper metal fans know is proper metal. And you're not going to be part of this. And if someone tries to lump us in with you, we can just be like, Pat's jacket in flames, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand, yeah. especially that yeah, new like, metal we, stuff. We, we I mean, talked about this last week, but again, like, you know, the, 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 when, you, when you see kids now and they're wearing like, you know, band t-shirts and stuff and they don't get a hard time, when we were fucking kids, and it was like, oh, you're a Marilyn Manson wrist slitting freak. Well, yeah, of course I'm going to slit my wrist because I have to go to school with a cunt like you. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, yeah, you yeah. fucking can't think outside yeah. the program. This you is know, a two-way street here, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just got sick of it. I remember just getting, like, you know, really sick and tired of, like, people, you know, oh, that Noel Gallagher from Oasis, he's the best guitarist in the world. Are you fucking joking? <laughs> Have you ever heard Marty Friedman? Have you ever heard Dave Mustaine? Have you ever heard Andrew Kisser? But see, that's been oh, the thing oh. about metal. That's been the thing about metal forever. I mean, I, you know, I used to listen to, you know, Scorpions and all that, and they got ballads, great ballads. The Scorpions can write killer, especially in their early days and their fucking mid 80s days. <laughs> and people used to mock metal back then, right? But I used to think, but you haven't heard it. And I used to think, but you'd like this song. Yeah, like, but if that's what mainstream people do. They just get scared of things they don't understand. They get that's dumb, right? They, they just do it. You know, it's like you mean like immigrants. Well, here's the thing at the moment, right? Everybody, everybody goes. Someone wrote the other day. Here's where I can be positive and negative at the same time. Someone wrote the other day. Oh, it's good. Isn't it a great thing? People are discovering Kate Bush to this thing, and I thought to myself, well, the positive is that people in this fake world are perhaps latching onto something that's authentic, right? That's good because that's authentic kate bush is fucking authentic right it's fucking real right she didn't make a record to see how she could get some hooks in there to make you like it she wrote the song the way she wanted the fucking song the other thing is when people go oh people are discovering kate bush no they're not that's 10 albums of weird eclectic fucking music that goes over fucking but they're not going to discover it these people don't discover music because they didn't discover kate bush they just got it off a tv right yeah i like that song some of them will just like it because their friends like it yeah. Now they're supposed to like it. Oh, can I like Kate Bush? I'm, am I? Yeah, well, I like it. I went down to HMV today. All the Kate Bush records are gone. Which is a good thing, but probably some of them will go home, put them on and go, what's this? <laughs> 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 While she's going, send me a tenner. <laughs> Dancing around. You, and being full on. If, if you, sorry to put you on the spot. We've done this with a few people who've been on the show. 
Um, Megadeth or Metallica? In the old days, it would have been Metallica in a heartbeat, right? In a heartbeat, right? When I, I got the first Megadeth album when it came out, I love it, still love that. Probably, I, I but and Peace Cells was good, but uh, as I said, it, I wasn't. I didn't become a massive Megadeth guy. I was much, much more into Metallica. And by 87, I started listening to, that's when most people started to hear Thrash. By 87, I started to listen to Supertramp and The Police and Kate Bush, go back to U2 and just got into and Peter Gabriel. And because I wanted to know how to make music beyond, you know, I started metal when I was 15 or something. Now I'm 20 fucking three, you change. That's why when Metallica changed, I didn't care they did it artistically. I didn't think the Black Album was that much of a radical change. Because to me, it was like, as a musician myself, I'm not saying I'm in the league with Metallica, I'm just saying the way I was thinking, I was then starting to make different music. So I could understand how these guys would want to make different music, perhaps. Because, because their influence is what they really got influenced, isn't thrash, because they started it. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's older metal, and also probably what goes back into their... And they, I know what they want to do. They want to stop being... Here's my theories on them, right? Because Metallica's whole idea was metal up your ass, which is fuck you to the record companies. It was let's not make a film clip. It was all being underground. Let's being like a, a fucking. Uh, they play the music to good, the bad, and the ugly. They're like cowboys. Yeah. Right. Right. That, right. Right. That's what they were like. Right. So, and they gave you that young underground. You can do it yourself. Fucking us against the world attitude. But then I think after the Black Album, they decided with the, the you know, we want to enter the world of you two, the Rolling Stones. Pink Floyd, Beyond Maiden, you know, we, we, can we go into that world? So on the first loadout, because it's interesting that the Black Album, to me the Black Album represents like black, Back in Black. I think it represents the death of them being connected to metal, right? Because if, it's got the old logo, but it's in the corner, embossed, you can't see it. Right? And it's all black, like Back in Black, which represents Bon Scott's death, the Black Arm. Right? So to me, this is like an occultic, like, like a ritual. So you've got the black album, which is now they're going to they're going to kill their connection to the heavy metal world. <clears throat> then they go into load. What's on the cover? Blood and sperm. Rebirth. Right. New logo. Modern logo. Right. They, 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 they make a video for every clip. Right. With makeup, short hair. Why? Because that old ideology that connected to metal, the new fans they want don't know about that ideology. This is one of these podcast episodes where I really wish I'd fucking got high. <laughs> so, 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 so let me finish. This is what I think. Right? So, so, then, so then all these new fans, now they've gone from an American heavy metal band with European influences to becoming an American rock band that they need to market to the Midwest. Yeah. Right? So, so, yeah. so, 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 but they don't, they don't lose all their soul. I think I, don't, I, I trust them. They didn't lose all their soul. They, I think, you know, there, there's an element of, that they wanted to change because heavy metal can be limiting in your creative world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, got, it's got rules around it, right? Yeah. right? So I didn't, I didn't mind them wanting to change. I changed, but I just made a different band that wasn't metal. I thought, I'm not going to pretend to be fucking metal. Like, I don't want to pretend to be metal. I had elements of metal in it when I first started writing in, in this band I made because we were just young kids who came from metal trying to work out how to write music that wasn't metal. And it's harder than you think when you're used to filling everything up with sound. <laughs> right? so, like, so then those first photographs are all done by Anton Corbin, 
who at the time did all the photographs on Uptown Baby, which was the biggest fucking record in the 90s, probably one of the greatest rock records. And if you look at the layout, it's the same as Uptown Baby, right? Now, if you look at all the photographs in the first one, there's no metal photo, right? They're in sitting around smoking cigars. They got eyeliner. They do it. They're being eclectic. They're being they're being arty, right? Because this is giving them. This is to me. This is giving them their new audience the creative license to do anything. So they're expressing themselves fully in a in a completely unmetal way to their new audience because they don't know the old ideology and now that they can do whatever they want. Then if you look at Reload, the second one, all the photographs done by Anton Corbin again, but they're all metal. So now this second album is to try and alchemize that old allegiance, right? And try and keep the old fans as we pull through this transformational cross, which didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, because when I go and see Metallica now, it's like I'm a dog at a table waiting for scraps. And, and, and then, and suddenly they start, well, I don't want to hear for whom the bell tolls again, please. Thank you very much. And even if they do play it, they'll play half of it and then do the bit from Trapped Under Ice again. Well, so I'm just a dog, get, get some scraps. I, I, I remember the, the, the first time we saw Metallica, me and Trigenza, was Big Day Out 99. And we, we spoke about this at his like, we, 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 we planned that fucking gig, that drive up to that gig for months. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and we and I remember going to Prague when I was on a on a college trip, and finding like a bootleg of the Megadeth set when they supported Metallica at the at the Milton Keynes Ball, the first time they ever shared a stage together. And I'm finding like the Metallica segment of that gig at the, uh, in 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 Prague again, and like getting putting it on my my you know tape player, and thinking oh we've got massive publishers on it. And they only played the first three minutes. And I'm just like, motherfucker. <laughs> like, you know, I want to hear this song played live. This is before Napster and before YouTube and before everything else. And like, I remember we were there in the crowd. They opened up and they played Bread Fan by Budgie. And we're like, awesome. And then they hit Master of Puppets. And I remember me and Trigenza looking at each other just going, are they going to play the whole song? And like, we were actually fucking like pensive, like, are they going to do it? And then they hit that middle bit and we're like, and we went fucking ape shit. Cause it's like, if you're going to play a song like Master of Puppets, the genius of that song is the fucking middle bit. So fucking play the whole thing. No one plays the first two movements of Beethoven's ninth and then leaves it at that. <laughs> yeah, you know, that thing. So, so it's just like, you know, like, like no, no one just goes, right, we're going to play the four seasons, but by the way, it's one season. Yes. No, play the fucking thing. Play we're it just- all. We're just doing spring. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The one that everyone knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Maybe I'm a bit dumb. Sometimes I am. I don't pick things up quick. But I only realised the genius of that that inter, that middle bit in Master of Puppets, the beautiful acoustic bit, is now I realise that's the heroin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when they get high, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't. It took me years to suddenly get And then the, the, then the come down, that fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so brilliant. But yeah, so so Megadeth Metallica. So we're getting back to the thing where we got into this whole Metallica thing. I find it difficult. There are there are strange on Metallica. You can't deny the legendary past. You, you, I can't. I, I I I have quite a bit of respect for them for them trying to alchemize metal in because they were the first kind of metal band 
that sung personal lyrics. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like in Fade to Black and all this, you know, used metal was usually about history or violence or rock or chicks or, or, or movies or but they actually they actually brought lyrics of like, you know, personal stuff into this heavy fucking environment. But they 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 know what they're doing. They're they're, they're intelligent guys. They can oh, yeah, play, yeah. they can play their instruments. Um, it's 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 a tragedy that we lost Cliff. It's needless counterfactualism to, to suggest that this, that, or the other would have been different if Cliff had been alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like at this, at the end of the day, like you know, the, the, one of those things are like they're very easy to rag on because they're so big. But you know, most genuine metal fans are going to say those first four or five albums, oh, yeah, can totally. get buy them all the collateral they could ever want. Because they, I mean, how many times have you been in a shit mood and put on like Fight Fire with Fire or Creep? Mate, that's, mate, or- yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I said it's a difficult one. I can't deny it. When they, mate, they were, they were, they were heavy metal fucking heroes. And to like, us. They were, they were like Megadeth. It's like I think Hetfield does political lyrics quite well. Mustaine is a fucking master. <laughs> you know, like I, mean, I remember like. We went to see ACDC in... Mustaine's more insane than Metallica. So. Yeah, yeah. When, Genza, when was it? Was it, two, it was 2001, wasn't it? Melton Keynes, ACDC. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was a weird... I, I was a student and I couldn't afford like a CD to buy for Mustaine because he was in the tent signing. So I actually bought my second year history exam paper for him to sign because it was on the Cold War and like nuclear disarmament and all this kind of stuff. And I did get in to see him and I was fucking good. <laughs> but like, yeah, but like, you know, some of the, some of the stuff that, 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 that Megadeth have come out with, just, you know, like, the actual song for yourselves, The Conjuring is one of my favourite songs. Devil's Island is a fantastic song. Um, Black Friday, that stuff's killer. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like, we, we talked about this the other week, but like me and Trigenza saw... Um, Megadeth at the Astoria in 2002 and they played the first five tracks off P-Cells in, in, in succession and we were like fuck me this is this is this is fucking awesome and Lemmy was in the mosh pit and, and you're just like you know that's fucking cool and, you know yeah, yeah. So, that's fucking that's metal <laughs> yeah I mean like one, one, one you know uh, one, one other thing is like you know we were talking the other week about um what happens when bands like Metallica and bands like I Maiden and Guns N' Roses, when they stop, where do you see metal going after that? Like, you know, are we, are we done with the idea of the super festival where you've got the headliner that's going to sell you a hundred thousand tickets and you're going to have the support acts. Are we going to see something different? How do you, how do you think it's, I think, I think we're, I think we're done with the bands having 50 year careers. Yeah. hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. 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 You know, I don't think you're going to get another rush. You know, fucking, in, we in, don't, in, we in, don't need another rush. You're not going to... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting words. <laughs> it's all right. I, yeah, the rush I like, I could have fight words with other Rush fans. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, yeah, well, you know, well, I think life in general is going to go underground because everybody, a part of this whole thing is to not participate. People go, well, what shall I do? What do I, I don't know what to do. Don't participate in the fucking system. So things are going to go back to going underground, which I don't fucking mind. Yes. 
So, and I mean everything, not just music, everything. You're going to have to start buying your own food and having a community with doctors in it because you don't want to use these doctors and these medical systems and their fucking banks and their things. Like primitive future, folks. Then, uh, then the real technology can begin when you become tele- when you become tele- te- telepathic. If heavy metal goes back underground, I think we'll all be quite happy about that. No oh. any problem with it, are we? The funny thing is, is when they go, I don't know what they mean in the 90s when they go, Pantera kept it alive and grunge killed metal and all this. I guess, no, it didn't. Not in Europe. No. It's still underground. It's still there. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all those black metal bands running around. Fucking, it's, it's, I don't remember the 90s being shit for metal. Yeah, I know, what, I, I know what they mean, that suddenly, you know, Anthrax weren't selling out 5,000 seaters and they were selling out 1,000 seaters. I, I, I know what they mean. I was around. Yeah, yeah. For a commercial Sol- solos. A that that crossover kind of happened, so that you know, corn and that turned up, and, and solos became an anathema, and bands weren't playing as bigger venues because grunge was in, and alternative rock had become mainstream. Yeah, you know, you know. So, and Pantera did keep it alive, but that first machine, that first machine habit album was a good one from the nineties. Yeah, we we talked about that before. I mean, we we um we we do slate Machine a little bit, but burn my no, eyes. No, I know you can, you can slag him. He's a fucking lefty woke fucking retard. But He's burn my eyes. Yeah. A, burn is. my eyes is a monster. <laughs> you, can't, you you can't deny it. You can't. No, you can't deny it. I'm sorry. It starts and it doesn't let up, and it's fucking pounding riffs, and it drops yeah. through catchy, heavy as fuck, violent. It's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. Great sound, great sound, great fucking drum sound. I heard it. I heard it. I was in Scotland a few weeks ago in some shows. We went to this kind of metal bar, and the guy played one of those tracks off that album. Just did the PA. He had a good sound system, and just a great sounding record. It sounds fucking heavy, you know. It's like great drumming, great, great fucking snare sound. It's just all you can't take it away proper. from them. I mean, nothing they did afterward it came even close, but. If you if you're gonna dine out on something, dine out on an album that good. So fair play to him. Yeah, that's a great one that way. I mean, he can't. I can't take away that guy's credentials. He's old school, you know. I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was in violence. Yeah, yeah, violence. Yeah. So he's 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 been around. He's been there. He's he's paid his dues. He is a bit of a bell end, but he has paid. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking woke, man. But, you know, I've tried to get him on this podcast and we keep slagging him off. So we, but you know what? You know what? It's, it's, it's quite Rob Flint, isn't it? He, he goes where the fucking tide takes you, doesn't he? Yeah, of course he does. The yeah, new, yeah. New metal days in the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did it all. They did it all. And it was kind of like, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that cares if a band experiments, right? They might get it wrong and it sucks, right? But they don't, they don't, they didn't make a band to please Steve Hughes. Yeah. So if they make, and if you're going to be in a band that's got a long career, then they're going to make some record if they're a good band, or they'll be ACDC. They might make it still the same, but you know, what 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 else would you want ACDC to do? Like, yeah, you you yeah, you don't want an acoustic ballad from ACDC. Right? <laughs> it would be shocking, right? <laughs> shocking, right? <laughs> Just uh, it's, 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 it's ACDC to foot to the floor, but yeah, yeah. Oh, but you're not going to get any bands like that anymore. I mean, look at the fucking stuff. I mean, like, these PC wimpy kids don't even know how to fucking do anything with any effort. They don't. They don't understand being a fucking lifer. They don't understand. No, they don't. Do, do, you, do you get it, mate? Do you, it's like you know, I moved to fucking England to do comedy from Australia, and then there's I meet young guys in say Scotland or somewhere, and they go, 
oh, you know, I want to do this, but, you know, should I move to London? Or... Yeah. You have to. Do you want to do this? Yeah. Well, what are you going to do in Edinburgh? To me, it was always easy. What do you need to do to get this done? I want to be in the Olympic swimming team. Well, you better go to the pool fucking four hours every day. Some guy who teaches you, right? right? Because no one's fucking going for an every. I'm in the Olympic team. I went every Wednesday. To me, it's always been quite straightforward. Do you want to do something? Yeah. Then work out how to do it and start doing it. And that's that's exactly what that's exactly what metal is. Isn't it? It's a commitment. Yeah. You commit. You commit to it. That, that's why I metal because I was like, you know, I want to teach. Where can I do it? Fuck off. Fuck off board. Do it. You know. Live in different countries. Job done. I mean, I started a fucking the first fucking thrash metal band in Australia, what in 1984, 85, in a in a town hundred kilometers outside Sydney. 1984. What are my chances of success? Zero. 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 Are you still gonna do it? Of course. Yeah, because you want to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I fucking have to do it. I did I, I fucking I sat in fucking people people's offices and photocopied fucking things and shrunk them down and cut little skulls out and glued them on with fucking sticky tape and made demo covers and fucking photocopied 500 of them and cut them out with scissors and folded them up and fucking wrote to why well i have to fucking do this to get out of here you know so and i meet some guy who wants to do comedy but you know should i move to london well you have to but it's not yeah. far what happens if it doesn't work you catch a train home yeah, yeah. but just go and go well, what am i going to do go and get a bed set have you got a mate Sleep on the couch, get some gigs, have an adventure, you fucking fag. <laughs> move, move to London and take the fucking abuse because it's, it's what makes you in it. Right, it's like, well, I tell them, I'll tell you this, as much as you, don't, you might, you know, people might not want to fucking do it. You could be a comedian in Manchester, Leeds, Sheffield. You could live up there and there's enough work, right? If you're decent enough, you could get some gigs, right? They're around. But if you go to London... And get into all the big comedy clubs in London, then you'll automatically get gigs up. Yeah, right. But if you just a king of the north, everyone in London couldn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the north-south divide. Isn't it? Uh, well, they just well, it's just kind of like I see how it works though. If you're if you're in the comedy store in London, which has got the boldest reputation, then all the clubs up north will book you. Why? Because the guy in the comedy store in London wouldn't book you unless you could fucking do it. Simple. So go to London. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? There's a shortcut to this that just is a bit harder. Because yeah. if you get in these London gigs, then you'll get all the Northern gigs. And you've got to make that sacrifice, haven't you? You've got to do yeah, something. And, and, you know, and here's the thing. They go, it's a sacrifice. Well, is it a sacrifice or is it what you want to do? See, to me, it, was not, it wasn't even a sacrifice. It was like, to me, getting a job would have been a sacrifice. Mm. Right? A death Yeah, sacrifice. no, I, 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 like, can, I, I, can, I can feel that because, like, I'm dyslexic, right? I don't test well. But I'm a fucking English teacher. So that, that's, that's always a bit of a head fuck for people. Um, and I was just like, I want to teach. How can I do it? I'm going to go abroad. I'm going to teach English. Did all my qualifications, all that kind of shit. Worked in like four or five different countries for the last 12 years. Met my wife abroad. She's Canadian. She's fucking awesome. You know? And it's just like... Got a lot of stories to tell, seen a lot of really cool stuff, met a lot of really cool people, you know, and I've, you know, carved out a bit of a niche for myself. So, and I get, you know, and it's like I'm not working in an office. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making money for someone else. I get to have some kind of, I'd like to think I have to have some minimal effect 
on my students, whether or not I torment them or I, I'm in their nightmares or, you know, <laughs> I, you know, although they have, have, have the positive influence, but, you know. Well, you know, <coughs> I always just simply had this one. I just knew I was a fucking social misfit. I can't fucking function with normal people, so I can't get a job. There's nothing I want to do. Oh, what do you want to do when you got? <clears throat> I don't know. What have you offered me? Nothing. I don't want to do any of it. Do, do, do you think, though, um, that to some extent, metal is a bit of a, in terms of the, the community, is a bit of like a, an island of lost toys? Oh, mate, like, yeah. Well, well, well when, it, when it's good, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it gets more mainstream, no, then it gets boring, right? Because normal people come in and normal people aren't fucking exciting, right? They latch onto things. They're just, nah, not, they're... They're just not exciting, you know? They're not, they're not, I'm not saying they're bad people or they're fucking lower than me. It's you. I'm just saying they're not fucking exciting. I've done thousands of gigs and comedy crowds, and my crowds are better than normal crowds. Why? Because normal crowds just aren't as fucking exciting. They don't, they don't have as good a sense of humor. They're not as smart. They don't, I don't hate them. I'm just saying they're not as good. I can tell the difference, right? And so, you know, when, when that's why early, all the early thrash bands are interesting. Why? Because all those guys are originals, creative guys. So I did it out of nowhere. But once I, I, I fucking love it when you walk into a classroom and you look and, you, and you've got brown hair, brown hair, brown hair, brown hair, brown hair. There's a girl at the back with bright purple hair. And then it's that girl that comes up to you. And this happened to me a few months ago. It's that girl that comes up to you and goes, do you know Euronymous? And you're like, fuck me, you listen to Mayhem. <laughs> fuck yes. Yes. You know, and it, it's those moments. You know? <laughs> and like, a few years ago, I had, I, had a, I had a guy walk into one of my classes and he's wearing a Death Leprosy t-shirt. And I'm like, right, Gabriele, are you wearing that because you think it's fashionable or do you actually like that band? And he just goes, I think Chuck Shouldering is an awesome guitar player. And I'm like, yes. Great. <laughs> Fucking love it, <laughs> yeah. and, and and I'm like, we're gonna put some death on. Fucking it's put a, it on. It's yeah. a good thing he was into the band, otherwise you would have got sacked that day for tearing the shirt off a child. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fake bastard! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking oh fucking hell! Uh, I think um, I think we'll uh, we'll we'll sort of round it up a little bit. There's one thing I I just want to ask you quickly. Um, Roughly 10 years ago, and this is not metal related, but roughly 10 years ago, you did the whole uh, Live of the Apollo thing, the BBC. Um, what, was, what, was, what was that like? You know, did, did you get involved with the BBC? Because obviously the BBC are a fucking, they're, they're a big controversial cunt in themselves, but... I have no idea how I got on those shows. <laughs> My agents rang yeah, up and said, do you, want to, do you want to go on these shows? And I went, yeah. And they went, well, you're on them. I went, okay. I've never played the fucking comedy game. I, you know, I don't, I don't know how to go in and market myself in their world. Yeah. So, so I don't really, because, you know, I, I should be bigger than I am if I got off my ass and did some fucking stuff. I, I do think about that. But not in that world. I don't want to go in that world, right? Because, because I don't, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to do a, one of those shows. Yeah, but Steve, more people will see, you. and then when you do a tour, you'll sell more people. And you, yeah, but see, there won't be the right people. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. And see, here's here's what these people don't understand: what they think success is. So if you go in there and you're on TV all the time, like some of these people, and you make a lot of money, and you can go away and buy your nice house in Devon and fucking have a cat. Okay, you could say that you got some stuff out of it. 
I like a nice house. I live in a box room. I'm 55. All my stuff's in a storage unit still. I'll probably die before I ever see my fucking brilliant record collection put on display. But when you, when you let those... See, those people really aren't into it. No. no. Right, right, right. See, so if you let those people make you, and then for a while you have a lot of people come and watch you, you don't understand that once those people decide they're not really interested anymore, it'll all go away. And there was nothing there holding it in place. Like, see, Iron Maiden fans are Iron Maiden fans. I don't even like Iron Maiden really after 85. But if someone said to me, do you want to go and see him tomorrow? Yeah. Right. There'll be guys who have every Iron Maiden on on vinyl, even if some of the records they don't like. But I'm going to buy it. So I have have the whole fucking collection. No one ever says, do you remember that summer when I was really into Slayer? If you're into Slayer, you are fucking you're into Slayer. You know, you know, it's just like it's not I, a fact. I used to have a joke where people I used to get sometimes blokes come up to you and they go, Yeah, I used to be in the metal. I go, No, you weren't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were I mean, I'm not some guy that puts on fucking raining blood every fucking day and still you know, I'm fucking Sydney today listening to Susie and the Banshees and PJ Harvey and fucking but that but that metal part of me, that outsider punk metal fucking soul of what that's fucking in there, like a fucking hundred and fucking fifty percent, because that's that's what I fucking loved about metal. You can do what you want in here. You can fucking do and say what you want. People go, how did you go up and say all those things in comedy? I go, because I never thought that you couldn't. I just thought, well, you know, I'm from metal world. You want to make an album called Satanic Sluts? You make an album called Satanic Sluts, don't you? But that won't be very easy to market. But we, if we called it something less, we could sell it better. Can I? Can I just? I just want to add something, right? So you were talking earlier about conspiracy theories. I've had a conspiracy theory for fucking years, Steve. Right? Okay. So do you remember when Princess Diana died? Mm-hmm. People were saying that it was the royal family that had her die, had her killed. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I think that's fucking bullshit. I think people are looking at a at it at a superficial level. Do you know who really had her killed? Think about this for a second. Who financially benefited the most from having Princess Diana killed? I don't know. The arms industry. <laughs> no, no. It, it's, it's more insidious than that. Florida. Florida. No, florists. It, it was a hit put out by Interflora because what happened the day after? Millions of pounds worth of flowers were bought and laid outside Buckingham Palace, right? So it was, seriously, it was Interflora. They paid someone to kill her. And then they're going to go, we're going to make millions from fucking bouquets of flowers. All those flowers that were thrown at the fucking funeral carriage, all those flowers that were laid outside all the palaces. There was a florist in our hometown. Four days after she died, he moved to fucking Spain. Where did he get the money from? (laughs) This is a great man. I'll have to bring this one to the lads. This is a, (laughs) maybe that, maybe that, maybe that. Please, Please don't validate him. (laughs) <laughs> maybe, maybe that woman on the Interflora logo is, is Princess yeah. Di. Is it? Yeah, it's, it's, exactly. It's... <laughs> and the people, the people chasing her through the tunnel weren't trying to take pictures; they were delivering flowers. Seriously, if I see if I see some fucking you know weird Twitter account saying was Diana killed by florists within a month, I'm a fucking <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's, that's a. <laughs> They weren't chasing her through the tunnel. That was it. They were trying to warn her that the florists were after. Her. 
there's no fucking there's no fucking way I'm ending this podcast on Florence murdering <laughs> princess. That's, listen, 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 listen. The, the, the driver, the driver wasn't drunk. He had just smelt too many flowers. He had a bit of reaction to the pollen. He couldn't see a puff guys. Fucking tears. Couldn't drive straight. Bang, straight into a pillow. <laughs> That's why I remember that when one of the <laughs> journalists went up to one of the Secret Service agents and asked, was it an inside job? He went, come on, mate, smell the fucking roses. That's, uh, you remember that? That was it. <laughs> 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 Shall we end on that dad joke? Or yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, think we will. I think we will. No, um, Steve, seriously, um, you know, thank you so much for taking out best part of three hours of your time to... <laughs> no worries. To talk to... Uh, and, and I've got... I've, I've, can I just add something? My wife said oh. to me, she, I need you to tell you, I need you to tell Steve this. She goes, there is no way that you are fucking witty or intelligent enough to, to keep Steve Hughes' intention for fucking two or three hours. He goes, how the fuck have you managed <laughs> to pull Steve Hughes into your little world i was like i fucking don't know so thank you so much for coming on and proving yep. my wife wrong because <laughs> no, no no i'll do it for the lads mate prove the chicks <laughs> <laughs> hey. all right boys steve no thank you so thank you so thank you much, much. Well, yeah you're right. what's, what's what's the name of that band again that i should look up you know what? I'm going to send you. Uh, oh. I'm going to send you an email with a, a fucking list of names. Oh, yeah. About tonight. Right. So okay, there you go. Carpenter Brook. That's, that's it from that. Start with that. Yeah. Lowest creature too. Lowest creature. All of that. I will. I will send you an email with everything you need to know. Because all right. Yeah, we no do. Worries. We do. Um. We do a playlist. At well, he, he does a playlist on Spotify. So if you have got Spotify. No, I've got Spotify. Course, <laughs> I'm looking for. It. I'm looking for a <laughs> Yeah, I'll just send you the list and then you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, seriously, thank you, Steve. Thank you for your time. It's no been worries. it's been amazing. You're, you're amazing. Right, beautiful. The one and only Steve Hughes. Um, huge thanks to Steve for joining us for a couple of hours. Uh, it's a very entertaining way to spend an evening. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the episode as well. Feel free to react and you know give us any feedback on the socials. The links are on the podcast bio as normal. Um, obviously, give the playlist a listen as well. We'll be back next week as usual with a another episode um i think this week is going to be one big rant as was planned this week so it gives us another week to stew on stuff and i'm sure padre will have plenty to say um yeah thanks for listening see you next week